What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 340, broken up into two parts, A and B. A, B. Thank you, B. sirs. 340A posting on 725 will be a discussion on Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. And 340B posting on 728 will be a discussion on Bird Box Barcelona from Netflix. Which we didn't show prep about, but I kind of dug that. I expected to hate it, and I actually really kind of dug it. So it's, it's, I, it's I, I okay. So thirty seconds on that. That is, after watching the original Bird Box, it was an I, interesting premise, right? It, it is the way that they present it is completely different, I and, didn't I, and I was kind of here for it. Yep. Yeah, I was not ready for what they did. So good yeah, on them. that was cool. Mm-hmm. And the way that it ends, I'm like, give me a little bit more of this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yep. All right, All continue. Right. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me as he does every week is my co-host Roger Stillian, our lovely perma guest Chris Bond. Gentlemen, how are we this week? What's going on? Are you enjoying the heat? It's actually not too terrible up here right now. I went swimming today. Nice. Went to actually, in, in 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 Mexico, there's kind of a climate Grand crisis because it's it's yeah. The one it's up killing you. Were good on a slide. Mm-hmm. Oh, my kids God. like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too expensive though. It is. It was a little expensive, and I have a pool that's like you know I could throw a rock at it from my house. It's three bucks to get in. Yeah, so. but you don't get a slide though. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Wait, Slides, you know that. You've never been to my pool. I know you have no fucking slide. I don't have any slide. <laughs> right. Can we can we talk about the Mexican climate crisis, guys? Now, are we ready for that? The what? The Mexican climate crisis. There's a climate because a ton of hundreds of thousands of fish are dying before, like hmm. they're just showing up at shore. I mean, like, I saw it was 133 in uh, Death Valley, which I thought, yeah. why does anybody go there? Period. It's called Death Valley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing good happens there, right? Well, apparently it's too warm that the water doesn't have any oxygen left for the animals that need it. And however they oxygenate, it's kind of it's it's getting to be kind of a big deal. <laughs> so I, I laugh because like we the world should be more concerned about this. Yet we're not. We're talking about things like Barbie and Oppenheimer. But uh, I mean, Oppenheimer legitimately created the deadliest weapon we've ever created and used it on an innocent group. It's probably the people. reason why that the that the, that water's so warm. Actually. Yeah, no, it, at least it's part of it. <laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> It doesn't have zero percent to do with it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, it's it's hot here, man. It is it actually. If you like Oppenheimer, like you support terrorism. There you go. It um it stormed like crazy here for for two days, and actually got a little gnarly up here too. It was pretty. Yeah, it was it was hailing, and I like it was like some parts that he had like golf ball sized hail. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, actually. I saw some of your streets were flooded too. I saw that in Atlanta. They had it happened. A, in yeah, Cleveland no, Atlanta too, was it was, it was it was like one whole wave of storms yeah. like that far yep. across the country. Yep. I went walking to Piedmont Park the day after the last storm ended. Cause I thought it was so hot. You know, the ground's going to be fine. And it was. I mean, it looked like a legitimate swamp, but like there was just stuff. The storm had just ripped trees out. It was everywhere, man. It I'm was sure that terrible, smelled but, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it did not smell great. And I, <laughs> I detect your sarcasm. Thank you, sir. But it was. It was <laughs> you did after sight. you started to comment on it. Yeah. <laughs> then you did. It was an interesting sight to see because it's just nature is so. Whatever force we think we are, like nature is always more of a destructive force than human beings can ever be. Dude, we're a parasite on this planet. We are. And I keep, I'm so glad you said I mean, that. Because I mean, you, you say nature is a destructive force, but we're about to talk about Oppenheimer next week. So I don't know. <laughs> An artificial destructive force. I mean, nature is still winning the kill count by a I mean, significant that's fair. margin. That's fair. Are we including diseases and stuff in that too? Yeah. Well, that's, oh, okay. That's, okay, okay. But that's nature. Yeah, of course. That's, you know. Unless, the, I mean, some of the ones that we created, though, have some solid numbers. Can't show you that. We'll get canceled. Careful. Like, I don't like, care. Like one a few, like, <laughs> like one a few years Just ago. Just open yeah. up my Sunday evenings. 
Um, it's other than that, um, the city's been it's just been like oddly quiet because everyone is that storm was pretty gnarly here. So I'll, I'll just say it was it was uh, pretty crazy here. But great, can I ask you a question, theaters. buddy? Yeah. How's that? Uh, how's the strike going for you? Yeah. Well, see, okay, so I'll go into a little more detail. I go and I've been talking. So the guy I'm you don't have to talk about anything from, you don't want to, obviously. No, no, but no. I know it's it's, it's got to be a weird time for you. The guy I'm renting a house from, Alan. Um, his name's Alan. He works. In, I've worked on the show with him before. He's a cool dude. Um, he was in. He was on a show in um, um, Louisiana, and then he came. Then he went. He took a long sabbatical of his own choosing, and then he went to his parents' house in Hawaii. And then oh, this, sounds this, fucking awful. He started oh, home. Guy. He started the show here, and it shut down days later. So he's just going back to. <laughs> he's just going back to Hawaii. Just, I'm just going back to Hawaii, man. I don't wow. think the, the the studios don't really have any interest. I think in negotiating right now, because I think what the, the SAG after people are asking for and the writers is a little steep, but that's just, if you want to, if you want to Google it, Google it. I don't want to talk about what they're asking for. If you ask me, it's a little steep, but I know the pay scales and I'm like, that's ah, kind of, that's kind of a huge jump. But I know that a lot of people are saying the studios have no interest in negotiating. So I don't, a lot of people are legit planning very long holidays and just like, I'm going to go away for a few months. So I think that the industry is preparing for another Long. And when I keep telling people I've been working since November and I, I, don't, I don't get done till September 1st, like you lucky bastard. <laughs> I may be one of the last shows in the, in the country still shooting or still, still on the, no, we're not shooting, but still, still, still going. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're, we're in the can and I know that we're not going to get our second unit stuff shot that we wanted to, but that's going to have to come at a later date. It yeah. is what it is, mm-hmm. but the strike is, uh, it's, it's, it's becoming an issue. So, I'm sure we'll get some. It's going to really on. hamper next summer, I think. What do you think about some of the stuff that, uh, the like the Disney CEO was like quoted saying and all that about it? Like, do you guys have any opinions on that? I didn't Not see to get what too he political, but I mean, it, it's it relevant to what we talk about. Sorry, I didn't yeah. see what did he say? What did he say? Uh, I don't. He said something about how you know I don't want to misquote him, but he he made some very colorful comments about how what people are asking for is is out of line or that you know that they should have planned better or something like that and it's it it's with all of this guy you know he gets a 50 million dollar bump you know from year to year ceo bob Iger called the hollywood strikers demands not realistic after he made 27.4 million dollars last year there it is yeah yeah well that's (laughs) How the yes, I think if you want to know, Google it. But I, I will tell you guys and who's in uh, our now healthy listener base that it's what they're asking for is not just a simple percent, a small, and it's a massive increase in pay. Yeah, and yeah, but I don't, like, it, it, isn't that how negotiation is, works though? Like you come yes, in high, you, you start high, you, know you I mean? come down low. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's and they're using the fact that you know and everyone and I'm on the Facebook groups and everyone is talking about oh, I'm going to lose my house well I mean I'm not going to say the obvious here but I mean you have to if you're you have to plan for this right you have well, to I mean I, I mean away. if you're if you're going to do something like this and there's a real chance that you know that that both sides hold out you have to accept that you know that decision you've made yep. well, what you, do know, you whether, say Chris all the time you you say studios have to you know, whatever they put out, they did mm-hmm. it. So they, 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 they have to not only expect, but they have to be okay with the backlash that comes for it. Same yep. with strikers. If you're going to go on strike, if you're going to, if you're going to ask for these demands, you have well, to be I mean, prepared for them not to be met. Same. Yeah. Well, and same with the strikers, but same with the companies too, that are, that are holding out against yeah. the strike too. Like, it's like, Hey, well, you I, might not yeah. get shit done for a while. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's I agree. both sides. However, the studios aren't, 
it's the they have stuff written, I'm sure, for years that they can fall back on if they really needed to. They have scripts sitting in a room somewhere that they could really polish up and use that they yeah, purchased. But there's, there's, a reason why they're in, there's a reason why they're in a room, you know. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. yeah However, so it's... Every, every year they have like, um, I know that there are a ton of movies that if you look on the IMDb, like, you know, um, factoids about them is like, this, oh, this was on 2015's most like not made list. And it was a, it was like in twenty sixteen it won like seventeen Academy Awards. So like those are sitting around somewhere. What did we just talk about like last week that they started production on in two thousand sixteen? Insidious, the Red Door, the Outlaws. No, I think it might have been one. One ins- the Outlaws that'd be Insidious. I think it was Insidious, like that whole series. Yeah, so I yeah, because was, that's because yeah. that's the first two came out around that that's time, right. and there hadn't been an Insidious. Like with a direct line from that, so yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, yeah. Well, Insidious was 2010, years. Insidious Two is 2013. So yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense then. Yep. 2015, 2016 for it to sit in there and like and spinning its wheels. You're right. You're right. Um, it's but it's the, the strike is not. I mean, it's not good for anyone to not be shooting and working and hell and, and oh, pumping no. out more content. I mean, my official stance is I want everybody to make as much money as they absolutely can doing everything that they do. I, I want people to be paid the wage that <clears throat> i want people to be paid a good wage that's you know that's what I'm, I'm i want people to work and want people to get paid good 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 wages that that, that that's all and i don't i, I think Seems it's a fair. little i think it's a little ingenuine to seem and i i'm on the opposite side of this and you guys might be i'll just just because studios make billions of dollars in profit it doesn't mean they owe their workforce that much more money though maybe well, maybe they should maybe they should rethink it and i'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying they shouldn't and they should definitely like okay we've made 17 billion dollars in a year maybe we should think about doing something for the people that are maybe we should kick a little bit of that to another direction uh, the company costco does things like that where like whenever they like they make like certain like um like yearly profit like like breakdowns like overachievements uh the workers get uh get money back so i and i definitely think that should be a thing and and, well like in the end and we're we're getting kind of in the weeds on this but it it, this is one of the issues and 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 i'm i'm not an anti-capitalist capitalism guy don't get me wrong but like when you have publicly traded companies that answer to shit like this happens, that answers yes, of course. to you know to, to yearly growth and investors, like this is what happens because it doesn't matter. Like it, 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 you always need to improve from the from the year before. You will no longer be happy with with being you know marginally successful. You want that to always grow and that 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 range to always increase, and that's where you fall into these because you can't afford to pay your people more when you have a great year because you owe investors money and you know and and percentages of that goes to them now, so it doesn't actually go into the the company's pockets. Blah blah blah. There's all this all these things that play into that. I agree, and I, I've heard I caught wind of a story real quick that they're trying to there's they're trying to start up a thing so actors can be non union if they choose. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to go well because because mm. so okay well I'm non union I can work yeah but then yeah <laughs> people, people that are union are going to be like you better fucking not do that <laughs> you'll see what's <laughs> going to happen to you you're going to we're going to wake up with a horse head in your bed uh, last thing I'll say about this and probably move on so um, my father was is still I guess president of a union mm-hmm. so I have been involved in union stuff for my entire life yeah yeah. Uh, I have been down the road of, hey, we're on strike and we will be on strike until our demands are met or a reasonable compromise goes. And I'm talking like six months. Yeah. And then and then fucking Larry goes into work. and You're like, what the hell, Larry? Well, no. And then Larry gets his tires slashed <laughs> and then his ass whipped after work. <laughs> like, And then 
<laughs> so like those were the kind of things that happened. Like we for real. Time to work. We got time to beat your ass, boy. Yep, dude. Look, you I'm gonna sit play. outside this plant all fucking day, and if I see your car, Larry, I'm gonna come in there and fuck you up. <laughs> like that's the kind of thing that got And like, look, that was just understood. <laughs> like this is mm-hmm. how it was. So bottom bottom line is the strike is not great for anyone. I don't want anyone to ever be out of work. But I mean, yeah. it's if you feel like you have to strike, then I don't. Then you probably have a point. It's just when how big of a point stuff like that. I just want everyone to work and be happy and more and more content. Now I want everybody that, to make now more Netflix, money and be happy. Now, 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 Netflix. I don't give two shits about your content because you don't care about the content either. So we're 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 even on that one, buddy. We're even, Mister Mister Netflix. You man. showed them. <laughs> they just Especially lost. When we like, talk about a Netflix movie this in a second. <laughs> well, I just. <laughs> I just I just saw an article that said they they lost something like a hundred million subscribers over the last calendar year. I don't know, but they're 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 down in net. Disney's so. lost eight hundred million or something. Well, Disney has. Uh, look, you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. I'm just you you say it all the time, Disney's Chris. In a tough spot. If you make decisions, seems a lot. No, that's probably accurate though. I don't think they had, they didn't have a billion subscribers. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. Chris. Hold on, yep, look at I mean, I bet you they lost a lot. I believe that, but I mean, you have to be okay with the the, the fallout yeah, I mean, from look, the decisions you make. Okay, right, we should, a, we should a couple less, <laughs> a couple less. <laughs> it was four million. <laughs> <laughs> That's still a lot of. It was, four, it, it was four hundred million dollars. Oh, there you okay. go. Okay, okay. <laughs> Fair, My bad. That ain't no small. <laughs> that ain't no small chunk of change. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but, know, with, but with that, I mean, that's with what that, India Jones costs. So, sure. but with that, so I mean, stock goes down. Your yeah. the evaluation, your company value goes down. So, yeah, of course, it all it all affects it in the way. All right, we should move on a little bit. But yes, we should. Um, I, I looked at some movies this week. Um, this, um, I I did revisit. I saw a movie that we missed, Roger. I don't know how we missed it, but it must not have been wide release. 2016, although we weren't doing the podcast in 2016. I was it's called, not. No. It's called Captain Fantastic with Viggo Mortensen and, and, a, and a much younger George McKay, the guy from okay. 1917, a lot of things. It's, um, it's, about a man, it's about a man and his family who is reeling from losing their his wife and mother, and they just live in the woods, and they have oh, you know mandatory, like, mandatory tracking, uh, learning how to track, well, mandatory like physical strenuous activities and and they eat very healthy and his you know Vigo's the dad and he's he's a very smart man and his kids are even though people make fun of them for not being in school his kids are well ahead of any school kid their own age there he he self-educates makes him reads books he does class time but it's an interesting movie that i think people should check out because Vigo mm. mortensen is a hell of an actor and i've seen I, this movie it's very good yeah i'm glad you've seen it it's i just right. watched it and it's fantastic i really kind of dug it i don't know how i missed it to be honest with you uh, it didn't um, get a lot of it didn't get a lot of talk when it came out because it was like considered like because of all the things happened in 2016. It was considered like very like 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 yeah, I can see like that. Republican, I could get, look, yeah. very right wing politicky. So I could definitely it, see that it didn't come out at a good time for it to get a lot of buzz. Uh, it didn't get like good promotion or didn't talked about after it was like doing decent. And I did watch a few episodes. I know Roger. We always talk about the the one. I think the one good thing where Netflix excels at is is their docu series line. Is I watched a few of the the movies that Leopatra? made us. Oh, okay, never mind. No, <laughs> I watched the, the 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 movies that made us. Um, some of those are really fucking good, man. Well, the one thing Netflix has yet to really screw up is their actual documentary things. So they have so many great documentaries on World War II and World War One and. Oh, man, I watched some of those, and it's just I love the I watched the episode on Halloween and aliens. Um, I watched the episode on I think um, 
there's another one, a Roger Corman movie, Little Shop of Horrors. It's just, it's really, it's amazing what, what what's the mole. It's amazing what some of these movies went through to get made. And like, you, you never know that unless someone like, you never know that just by, like, unless you do some re- research, but man, interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. But let's move on, gentlemen, shall we? Anything you want to say before we move on to the actual show, guys? Anything you've been nope. doing this week? Light it up. Diablo All 4 right. season one started, so I've been playing that because I'm a nerd. That's about it. Nerd. All right. Cool. This is episode 340 of Ford Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. It's post each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we look at the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. Without further ado, and as tradition dictates, let's jump to the box office. Gentlemen, you'll be happy to know. Barbie took the number one spot with 155 domestic with a worldwide of one weekend of $337 million. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. That's just we're gonna get that next week. Oppenheimer number two with an 80.5 domestic. Wow. I know that's a pretty good number two. God damn, it's a $230 million weekend, boys. It is, and it gets better with a worldwide of 174. And then Sound of Freedom, Chris, this movie just keeps on chugging. You're the one that championed this one. 20.1 million. It made more last than, than last week. 20.1 million bringing its worldwide to 124. And that's only that's only domestic. That well, movie's it's doing... not going to get wide release or outside <laughs> no. of the United States. Number four, unfortunately, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, 19.5 million domestic. Bringing its worldwide to 370, a very respectable one yeah. weekend week weekend worldwide total. Yeah. However, I, I if Barbie and Oppenheimer hadn't been there, this would be sitting at probably four or five hundred by now. And it, yeah, and it certainly it certainly deserves it. Sound and of Freedom's in, budget was fourteen point five million. Well, they're they're celebrating a huge return. They times ten that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny claiming the number five spot with another 6.7 million domestic, bringing its worldwide to 335. Congratulations, Indiana Jones. Took you four weeks to do what it took Barbie to make your budget. Four days to do. Yeah, good good job. (laughs) To make your budget. Yeah. Well, that's a box office. Six through 10, just to see what was going on. Six through 10. Insidious, The Red Door, Elemental, Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, Transformers, Rise of the Beast, number nine. Number 10. No hard feelings somehow crept back up there. Wow, the the worldwide eighty two. That's actually more than I thought it was going to make. It's not bad. Did you yeah. say what's Elemental at? Elemental like world. Elemental worldwide is sitting at a comfortable three hundred and fifty six million. So here's the thing: that thing is like leaking upward, mm-hmm. and it has been for weeks. Well, the international is is a huge part of that. That's two hundred nineteen to the one thirty seven. Yeah. So. Is in, in some markets, I'm sure it's doing extremely well. Damn, extremely. I think it might creep to 400. It's possible after being, but I mean, like it fell flat here. Mm-hmm. That's, no, it did. That's nuts. And Spider Man I mean, just for edification sitting at 675. Oh, uh, that's it, huh? <laughs> small number there. <laughs> um, you know what that reminds me of? Legitimately though, um, movie we haven't talked about much in a long time for you know surprise movies that made a billion dollars. Um, Spider Man. Well, Venom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. True. So yeah. where Venom was like, it made decent money. It was number one here for two weeks or something like that. And then internationally, it made like seven hundred yeah, million dollars. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, man, that's, you know, everybody, the, the entire rest of the world was like, I'm going to go see Venom this yeah. week. <laughs> it's like, what, the, <laughs> what the fuck did that happen? I mean, like, look, I'm not trying to knock Venom, but legitimately 
Venom's not really like it's not it's, it's not, not your atypical superhero movie. It's not an A and it's, it's not, not exactly great either. Yeah. It's like, like it's like A minus B plus territory, you know, I at thinking, best. I was thinking like C plus. No, <laughs> no, no. The first Venom was all right, all right, the second one's definitely C second plus. Second one's a little bit worse. Yeah, I yeah, know. You're right there. <laughs> all right, but yeah, that's when I think of movies that just you know keep keep growing and going and going. That's that'll be the always be the movie I think about besides like Avatar who was out for like, you know, eleven years instead. <laughs> I think it's still getting played somewhere. Oh, it has to be. Top gun still somewhere in a theater somewhere. Actually it probably that probably that is probably true. Is. <laughs> you know what when I bet you like some like small town like mom and pop theaters when Mission Impossible came out, I they probably did I there's a chance that they did double features. So actually you want to know something that I know is true? The um screens for super mario mario yeah. Like, yeah mind you our current billion dollar our worldwide winner so far this year mm-hmm. went up like 450 screens this week and no one knows why and i think it's double feature drive-ins with barbie oh, and maybe um mm-hmm. barbie and that so yeah no like, and, and, and i just watched mario last night uh our, our park that's like a part of our community does uh does uh uh, like movies in the park sure like, like on the projector and stuff yep and they did mario last night man my kids ate that up it dude, was mario it was ruled awesome. dude it, it, it did it did and my my five-year-old's uh the mario movie expert and this, oh. little, girl, this little girl that that she sat next to that we know from uh from our, my kids swimming she they had never seen it so she was just they, they were just chatting about the movie nice. the whole time having a good that's, time that's awesome so, though Good. Yeah, it was i'm cool. glad to hear that man that is really cool that you guys do the movies in the park thing. I know people places do it here, but it's not super popular in Atlanta. Mm. Pittsburgh does it, and it is kind of it does have a good turnout. Maybe 100, 150 people. I know they've done it a few times. Yeah, uh, I mean for for a little small town, we probably had like fifty people there. That's so kind of that's, nice. that's a really good turnout, actually. Yeah, right, it's let's good take a look because doing it's free. Yep. right. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's take a look at the immediate and coming up uh, releases as this past weekend a big one: Barbie, Oppenheimer. And Cobweb. Didn't even make the top ten, Chris. Oh, Didn't I forgot about your shitty movie came out. <laughs> well, 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 it's not my s- shitty movie. First oh, well, well. off, it is kind of your <laughs> shitty movie. You're, you're, you've been the one that's championing it, so yeah. No, 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 no. I want to see it because I believe it ties into something that I'm really interested in. But, it, I mean, I didn't say it was like going to be a said, great movie. Like I said, your shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, July 28th, Disney's Haunted Mansion and Talk to Me. August second, which Wait, is a Wednesday. Teenage what's talk to me? It's that then, one with the. It's that the the horror movie where you hold onto the hand and something yeah. happens. Oh no! Yeah, I like that mm-hmm. one. I like that one. Mm-hmm. August second, which is a Wednesday. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Shame will be on vacation during that week. <laughs> shame. Shame. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. August fourth, which is that following Friday. Meg to the Trench. Till death do us part. August eleventh, which is a Friday. Gran Turismo: Jewels in the Last Voyage of the Demeter. August eighteenth. Blue Beetle, Landscape with Invisible Hand, and Strays. That's really a toss-up in my mind, the Blue Beetle versus Blue Beetle and Strays. I really want to do Strays. And so I know it's going to be so bad, though. There is a new Blue Beetle trailer that's attached that. to Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, still looks awful. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sell me, sell me on. My it. my wife was just like, "Do you think that's going to be any good?" And I'm just like, "Fuck no." Nope. And I don't it's think it's going to make any money. That's no, it. That's I mean that's that, that probably has to not. Too. Nobody cares after they saw that first uh, trailer. Yeah. Man, it was it was bad. August twenty fifth, Bottoms, The Hill, Retribution, and White Bird. Ironically, that's not all one. Bottoms, The Hill, Retribution, White Bird. That's a hell of a movie title, but no. Yeah, it could have been four different ones. And then September first starts off Friday with the Equalizer three. Denzel kicking some ass. 
you know, yeah, I'm not that. really pumped. I might up watch for that. the first two before I see that one. You should, Chris. You absolutely should. The first one is great. I want to want to make a statement right now. I am not excited for the third Equalizer. I think no? it does. No, it does. No, me neither. Me neither. I, okay, I, okay, I just okay. I think it ran out of steam already. But yeah, it's I, it's one. It's multi multiple years too late. Yeah, and just not getting it. No, I get you. Well, like so, like Liam Neeson is uh is Grayson's boy. Uh, I, I have a soft spot for Denzel. So. I'm sure. Listen, incredible actor. Oh yeah. Yep. So uh, um. I'm excited to see that movie because he's going to be in it. Is sure. what, what it we all don't there. we all have a? I mean, look, Denzel is he is he's Denzel Washington, man. Like he's one of the few people. <laughs> Thanks that, for clarifying. Well, I'm just saying, like, Denzel, man, he's you know, but he's, he's awesome. Denzel. Who doesn't love Denzel? Who's like, oh, Denzel, terrible actor. No one's. I mean, no one agrees with that. No, no I mean, listen, that would be a bold take. Like the one on this movie. I wanted first off, what you guys know. I think Denzel Washington sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck is coming on saying that. Oh my god. I met him. I I I got to watch him act like first like with my own eyeballs. I got to watch him act like with Viola Davis and fences. It is it was electrifyingly good. Man, do you think that Equalizer 3 is gonna be better or worse than Book of Eli? Book of okay, before you answer that that is a strange movie. It is, it is. Book of Eli is actually pretty good though. I was very into Book of Eli. Um just because like, like I like the whole post post apocalyptic thing, but like, did you buy you know, the twist? It, it's a decent flick, but so do you think it's gonna be it's gonna be worse than Book of Eli? Because Book of Eli it didn't get like a whole lot of like big acclaim. I don't know, I don't know, because you can't really judge them financially against each other. because oh, no, yeah, just things time. are different. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think Book of Eli is bad. Yeah. So I think Equalizer three might be bad. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. but look, I, obviously, you know, we're gonna have to talk about it. So. I will watch it. And look, I do like the first Equalizer movie. I think that's pretty good. Second one really comes off the cliff, though. So, yeah. Right. Have you ever seen this? Either one? No. You've never seen either one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Buddy so. of mine told me I needed to watch the first Equalizer way back. I never got around okay. to it. You, you, I mean, you, you look, do. you like John Wick, right? Mm-hmm. That's the first Equalizer, except a little bit more gritty violence. Okay, gotcha. Like more people getting stabbed in the face. Hell, hell yeah. And there's, <laughs> a, there's, there's a final <laughs> there, there's a final sequence in, uh, I think, like a Home Depot. Where does he work? Home Depot or Lowe's? It's like right? a Home Depot, yeah. yeah. He works there, but it's an incredibly awesome, stylized... There's sledgehammers. Water, oh, water coming down oh, yeah. off the roof. Yeah, Martin Sokos, I think, is the villain. Yeah, the, nail guns and sledgehammers, awesome. baby. Yeah. Grown men getting hit with sledgehammers is something that just gets me going in a weird way. So, so I, had yeah. a, I had a large discussion, or a long discussion with multiple people about why warhammers are the greatest fighter. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> like an actual warhammer. Yep. Wield that maul. Oh, yeah. But they're slow, and they're, they uh, they they leave you open Look, to counterattacking. It's about power. Yep, and it's also <laughs> about how, how do you get through that armor, man. When mm-hmm. someone's in full plate, nothing better than a hammer to dent that in on them, and they can't breathe anymore. Yep. How about, how about I collapse his helmet around your brain pan? That'd be weird. <laughs> God, speaking of, I just watched Conan again, the Barbarian. I was like, what segue do you have about caving <laughs> well, in somebody's skull with a hammer? Because if you if you No, remember, he does, though. So. Well, if you remember, he one of the the bad guys when they're fighting in the desert, he he falls to one of the traps and uses his hammer to who he thinks is Conan hits in the helmet and then the thing swings around and, and it impales him. Yeah, that movie that movie is fucking awesome, man. Conan uh, the Barbarian, awesome. Not to keep uh, like taking us off the rails, but uh, you talked about Conan. It reminded me of another movie. Uh, isn't there a movie called Barbarians where they, these twin like these twin actors played two barbarians in a movie? I it was like so. it was like in the eighties and stuff. It was it's one of it's my it's my one of my cousin's like favorite movies of all time. Because ask him what it is. I, I'm going to, but like I remember seeing it and it was like it's like the same campy 
like vein that Conan was. Okay. was like, or like within like a couple of years of, of, of each other. So I it just, you talked about it last week and it reminded me of it. Interesting. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll find out the title of that. Maybe we'll do a deep, deep dive one episode. Yeah. I don't know about all that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm down for that. Love, love, love me some young Arnold. Let me tell you, he's, he's great. Um, all right. That. It is. And for Audrey, just, just for you, buddy, we're going to go one Need week further. Board. My big fat Greek wedding three and the nun two. Just for you, Roger. Just for you. None yes. two. Don't want none. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's none, better than nunchuck. I'll give you too good. <laughs> nunchuck. What? I'm gonna remember, make a bad nun two joke every week. No, remember when <laughs> until the movie comes out? Last week, Chris said nunchuck because you want to barf and uh, mm-hmm. terrible. And then you, you oh, almost turned yes, his mic I off. forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me to turn my mic off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No. I... <laughs> All right, what's here, here we are again. <laughs> Let's take a look at what's streaming. Disney Plus is the selection this week. Beauty and the Beast from 2017 is my choice by director Bill Condon, Emma Watson, Dan Stevens, Luke Evans, Kevin Klein, Josh Gad, Ewan McGregor, Ian McKellen, Emma Thompson, Stanley Tucci, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, to name a few. 2017, I thought this was a very capable of the live-action remakes, and they've only gone downhill since. And it's unfortunate because... Disney is a studio that has almost unlimited resources and access to almost any actor that would want to be in it. They can be in it. It's just a shame they can't tell these classics even better than animated. But I thought, you know, it's funny. One, when you did, when I saw her cast Hermione as um, as Belle, I was like, oh, that's the perfect casting choice. And then I saw the movie. I'm like, that was not the perfect casting choice at all. But I thought this movie did a, a, a very good job at, at bringing to life, you know, a, a Disney classic that most people will consider as one of the one of the best. And uh, the, the, the added song selections along with, I thought Ewan McGregor and Ian McKellen, uh, Lumiere and Cogsworth, excellent job for those two. Uh, Dan Stevens is the Beast, I thought was amazing. Uh, and I thought, you know, for not being the right Belle, I thought she did an okay, okay job. And Belle's French, and Hermione is, or Emma Watson is, French. is very English in the way she sings. But yeah, I thought it was a, but it's still a very enjoyable movie. And I, and I think even kids um, enjoy the hell out of it. It's a, It's one of those... It's very it's for, for adults who we love those songs back to our youth, uh, Roger and, and for Nick by extension, Chris. And a lot of the songs stayed intact and the, and the ones they added were really good, too. So um, that's always great. So Beauty and the Beast from 2017. Good. And, and Roger, The Art of Racing in the Rain, Kevin Costner, Milo Ventimiglia, Amanda Seyfried, Gary Cole, Kathy Baker, 2019, a movie that has weird staying power. Yeah, and for some reason that people just love to watch that YouTube video that me and you made <laughs> several years ago that for some reason has more views. Isn't it like with, Japan with like most of them? It's like you're it's like middle Europe. I don't understand. <laughs> they must actually think I drive for Ferrari because everyone uh, has Ferraris right. there. Yeah. So All right, yeah. Look, I'm way too fat to be a professional racer. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to under should be able to understand that. It is one of my favorite videos because you can't hear me say anything because mm-hmm. I'm wearing a helmet and I'm talking like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah. that's actually it's actually a decent movie. Um, yeah. I don't think you were on the show then when we I did that one. Um, it's it's sad. The guy's wife dies. But, but I mean, look, like that's a crucial point because like it's told from the perspective of the dog. Mm-hmm. And it's just Kevin Costner voice. It's Kevin Costner's voice. So, you know, it, it works pretty well. It, it's well acted. The story's pretty okay. I mean, it's it's an okay movie. Like legitimately. It's it's depressing. You'll be sad. You'll cry. You know, like that kind of thing. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. So everybody should check that one out. All right. 
It had you know, pretty good staying power, You haven't power had a too. cry for a while. Good, yeah. Yeah, yeah you need to really like it. But like a good cleansing cry. Ah, Not the like, this is existential crisis cry. <laughs> <laughs> Those are way different, folks. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, they, they are. are. All right, Chris, in your selection, another classic from the 90s. Ten things I hate about you. The late, the great Heath Ledger, Julia Stiles, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, Larissa Ol- Olenek, which isn't big now, but she used to be. Uh, David mm-hmm. Krumholtz, Gabrielle Union, Allison Janney. Why should people revisit this gem? Because young jo- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is just absolutely adorable to watch in any movie he's in, first off. And then this was a early, like this movie and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days were on repeat when me and my wife first met. And I got to watch this movie a lot. And, it's actually funny. And it's actually a decent rom-com from back then. It's got, you know, it's it's not out of this world crazy. There's not this, you know, this terribly, like, weird situation people are in where you know you you don't believe it anymore but you're along for the ride it's actually a a, you know a cute movie and you don't get a whole lot of these that are good anymore so this is just a refreshing movie and again like i'm tied to it from back when i used to watch it you know in my shitty apartment when i was like 18 19 years old so i don't know it's a good movie it's funny heat ledger's you know good in it and like i said the the cast is strong from back then it it was a good film i was like one of his big, like first big breakouts. Roles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Yep. Um, I I always think about that uh, that part of the movie where they're in shop. He's in the shop class. Yeah. He's trying to talk to him, and he turns and he jams the spade bit through his book. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It is. Yeah, it is. But Heath, man, boy, you want to talk about someone with just complete upward trajectory star power? It's a shame oh, we yeah. lost him. Man. I always well, think. Like, about, I think. I mean, it's it's kind of not been so high I mean, in recent years. Wow. Wow. Jeez Louise. You gonna make yeah. the six feet deep joke too? I'm waiting for it. No. Nope. His acting okay. his, his acting That's career crass. Really, <laughs> the joke the, the, the joke I remember was yeah, he his acting career really died off in the end, didn't it? Yeah, great. That's terrible. terrible. That's not colorful at all. I like Keith Ledger though quite a bit. He's in A Knight's Tale is one of my favorite movies. The, oh, the re- yeah. The remake of the the Four Feathers is one of my favorites from from back in the day. He was in some big budget stuff like super early too. The the Patriot 2000 yep. oh, yeah, 2001 he had like three mat like hundred million dollar budget movies under his belt he could have been man i think of him and like chris farley i think the same way like where we'd be right now with those two i just Actually, man. i just watched a like a mini doc on uh, chris farley like one of those hour-long ones that mm. end up on tvs or tv every now and on and like reels or vice and whatever you know when chris farley died he was only 33 years old yep like I can't even put that in perspective. How many movies that I've seen and still like treasure to this day? And that motherfucker was only thirty three. <laughs> it is, and like I still think Tommy Boy and Black Sheep are some of the funniest fucking movies from the nineties too. Yeah, I love the I love both those movies. I love <laughs> they're just they're just great, man. I just I like Black Sheep. I think a little more than Tommy Boy, although I think Tommy Boy's more legendary because it's I think more widely known. But when they're out in the cabin in in Black Sheep, I just think that's some of the funniest stuff that like. When he tries to hold on, he's like, hold on, little root, stay strong. I sent you guys a clip of that one night, like, months ago. Yep. Hilarious. Those movies are hilarious. But we're running long in the tooth. So, as a result, if you have Disney+, Plus, please feel free to check out Beauty and the Beast from 2017, The Art of Racing in the Rain, and 10 Things I Hate About You. All very good, very watchable movies. Yep. It's very good. All right, trailers, real quick, gentlemen. Five Nights at Freddy's. How are we thinking? How are we feeling about this? Um... I mean, look, it seems like it's going to try to pay homage to the to the game or the legendary game, I guess. Yeah, it's sold a ton of copies. Yeah. And we'll I mean, we'll see how it does. 
I mean, look, it's Blumhouse, so mm-hmm. at least I trust them to take a smaller budget and make it at least watchable. You know, I well, don't Hutcherson, have to... Josh Hutcherson and Matthew Lillard are great. Yeah. So. Well, so like, here's why I'm happy that this thing took 13 years to come out, right? So this is a little bit, you know, too late in some people's eyes because, like, you know, the, the Five Nights at Freddy's craze has come and gone. But some people that are working in the industry now were into this when they were younger. Sure. So there might be people that are passionate on this project at this point. So that, that that will work in its favor if that's if that's the case. And Blumhouse does usually does good work with smaller IPs. Yeah. So I'm 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 excited to see it. It looks like like Roger pointed out that they're paying, you know, proper homage to like, you know, the original game. They're setting some things up that just go right along with, you know, some of the some of the, the fan theories and things that like people discovered way back when they played the game. So I don't know. I, I I'm interested in this one. I'll watch this with a little bit of you know you know caution to how how excited I get about it, but I I don't know I think this could be good. Bumhouse well you know knocks them out of the park sometimes. Nick Nick Cage was just in Willy's Wonderland from I think two or three years ago. That's I mean it's a carbon copy of Five Nights at Freddy's. They just completely ripped it off. It's the same movie, mm-hmm. quite literally the same movie. They probably shot it in the same from the looks of it. I think they shot it in the same place. So I don't know, but it's I like that one too because Nick Cage is just the right guy to just go ham wild on some. On some killer, killer machines. Yeah, he's it's, like animatronics. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Oh, yeah the, I don't like them. He's All also right. a big fan of hammers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Willie Won- oh, sorry, Wonka with Timothy Chalamet, Olivia Coleman, Hugh Grant, Sally Hawkins, Rowan Atkinson, Keegan Michael Key, to name a few. It's a feature. What are we thinking? And just to say, you can't go anywhere but up from that awful Johnny Depp one from like 2005. So I, I like the idea, bad. not just having Chalamet, obviously, because he's great in just about everything, but I like the idea, like, it seems to be like a little bit more like lighthearted, like not nearly as like, we got to be demented mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, this is more like magical instead of like psychotic. Like, that's a real feeling that I get yeah. here. And I think that's a good thing because like, look, we all understand these original Willy, Charlie and Chocolate Factory, the original movie, like we don't think that he's a psychopath most of the time, right? Most of the time. I mean, like there's a little bit of like, you know, not caring, <laughs> but <laughs> that's not crazy. The guy definitely oh, but Gene Wilder is Gene Wilder brought took, that. He definitely took some shrooms before they went down that chocolate tunnel. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a ton of fan theories. How many that, of those like, people you think died? Like actually? Yeah. Oh God. At least a couple of tens them. at least. Well, I mean, there are a lot of pe- there are a lot of fan theories on that original Wonka, really Wonka movie, really Wonka Talk, Talk Factory. There are a lot of fan theories that it never happened. It was all LSD, and I, I don't know. But it's I don't want to get into those. But they're a little crazy. But I I think this is right up Timothy Chalamet's alley. I think he can do great work with it. I keep on wanting to call him Paul Chalamet. And I know that's my my issue. <laughs> but that is your issue, yeah. But there's also I know that of the I know that. Um, the dwarvish actor or what do you dwarf actors who are out there playing right now right now who have they're really upset about this because they weren't cast in some of these roles yeah so there i I know that they're like i know that um what's uh, who uh, what's grant it's hugh grant no 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 no. who played dinklage in in, dinklage yeah dinklage Dinklage just got up he spoke and said something that you know it's the the greater tragedy is that we're, we're not offered roles outside of roles that when 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 little people are called for we should be you know i think roles. something came up a few years back and he said something similar and pissed a lot of people off again because he's like he's one of the most in demand you know people in that category so it's easier for him to say things like that compared to uh there was a wwe wrestler uh that 
like spoke out directly against what he said back then too. He uh, he was uh, he he like he plays a leprechaun on WWE sometimes or something like that or did at one point. But like like he came out against him saying that, and again he's saying uh, some things that you know people within that you know that group do not like at all because it, it, it came up recently because of the whole um the whole Snow White thing, right? Yes. Yeah, because it's you know there's not a there's there's not a little person in sight. Which is weird know. in a movie it, called it, Snow it White is. and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so I'm. I think that movie's going to be great. Christmas seems like a great time to release it. I hope it does good things for box office. I just want people back in the seats, paying for movies to watch them. So mm-hmm. and the retirement plan, which I did this for you guys. I know you guys love it. Nick Cage, Ron Perlman, oh, yeah. Jackie Earl Hall, Halle, Ashley Green, Ernie Hudson feature. What are we awesome, right? He stuck a flare gun in somebody's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Ten out of ten. Yep. I uh, know. I chuckled a couple times in, in this with this trailer. So I mean, it's either going to be, you know, a decent flick that I'll be able to laugh at, or it's going to be Outlaws bad. So we'll yeah. have to find out. Looks wild. Yeah. I think I'm it'll be okay. It. I, 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 well, we got was a red band trailer when I posted for you guys. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I hope. Oh, it's, yeah. I just hope it just makes me laugh. Like I just because I love the machine, and I hope it's more of that because I thought that movie was great. I laughed <laughs> on nonstop in that one. Loved it. Loved it. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about the movie of the week. We're there already. Yeah. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. Let's get some particulars out of the way. But first, the Rotten Tomatoes 96%. That's an okay score. And 94% audience. That's the How is the audience lower than uh, probably because it's long, right? Well, okay, so let me maybe. just let me just let me just read. Okay, I want to go to Medic. So Metacritic has this at an 81, Ooh, which that's is high as that's a high Metacritic. Score. High as hell for a Metacritic from And I wanna I wanna one one person, I'm just gonna sum up what he says. Tom Cruise is too old to do this. Zero out of ten. That's what his <laughs> review says. Like I don't understand how this person is able to make any decisions. In Turn that fucking life. guy's keyboard off. Just yeah. take it. <laughs> like, first of all, Tom Cruise is doing great work at 61. He's doing okay. But yeah, I thought that was an incredibly high Metacritic. Very, very proud of that. So let's take a yeah, look. Yeah, no, that's great. Let's take a look at some particulars. Of course, Tom Cruise, Haley Atwell, Ving Rhames, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, Henry Suzez... Zerny, sorry, I mispronounced that one. As 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 Eugene Kittredge, who is back from the first Mission Impossible in 1996, he hasn't been, he has not been present until since that entire time. Um, Isai Morales as a villain who's great. Palm Clementoff, Carrie Elwes, happy to see him, but I, I love how he plays this just awful kind of senator dude. It's just great. And yeah. Shea Shea Wiggum as Jasper Briggs. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about it. Of course, well. Of course, we have to, written by Christopher McQuarrie and directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who, as you know, is now part of the Tom Cruise faithful, as he did what is now legendary status of Top Gun Maverick, which did wonders last year for the industry and for Grayson Maxwell, who is now one of his favorite movies of all time. Hmm. Let's talk about it. And Chris, I'm actually very happy to have your point of view. You have never seen a Mission Impossible movie until Dead Reckoning Part 1. Is, is that I've right? I've seen one way back when it was on TV and they were like they were like taking off people's faces a lot. That's that's, that's all. So I you half-heartedly has watched one movie before. Yeah, so I, I, I think we discussed last week you saw Mission Impossible 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the worst one. The nice. worst one and not canon. <laughs> so there's there's also not that. Not canon. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people can just just don't even consider that ever ever took took place. 
Yeah. So, okay, okay. All right. So let's talk about. I mean, they the- had Limp Biscuit do the theme song for that. That's how yeah. fucking bad that is. Well, no, I don't uh, hate the theme that, song. That makes it awesome. No, yeah, I actually like. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. So. A little bit of so the first Mission Impossible, Ethan Hunt is younger, and his yes. team is his team is killed, and he's trying to figure out why while trying to prevent the theft of the Noclist, so the identity of the agents in the field around the world do not get compromised. So he, you know, Ethan Hunt right away hero material. Mission Impossible Two, <clears throat> that's a lot of that movie was made by John Woo. I don't think I need so to that say was a John Woo movie. Right? A lot of faces you know, they, come off in that one. And yeah, karate. I'll, a lot of like, I remember they rode at each other with bikes and somehow they just leapt out of the seats and then they met in midair. And, you know, it's just a lot of crazy shit happened. I loved it when I was that age, though. I oh, loved it. the fight that ends on the beach. It is. And, <laughs> and no, he, and the one dude doesn't even lose his sunglasses during a fist fight. No, nope. Wow. That's so awesome. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> He's just that cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's two really stylized moments in that movie. And one of them is when they're in the, the building and he's trying to, he's killed the last two samples of Bellerophon and he's, He's trying to kill the third one. Of course, the the villain walks in and he has, and then Naya, the Dandy Newton, ends up injecting it in, in herself, like completely throwing off the plot. And then he he gives that last Mohican speech: "You stay alive. Whatever happens, I'll find you." That very famous speech was stolen from Mission Impossible too. But I love that scene, man. That is that's got John Mo all over it, and of course, all the, the bike scenes and you know all the running and all the face masks coming off is great, wonderful. Mission Impossible Three. A couple years later, J.J. Abrams at the helm. Two thousand five. It kind of brings it, it, kind of brings it back. Puts Ethan with a new team. Again, saves the world. But we're introduced to team members that stay. Um, Ving Rhames has been with him from the beginning, but we get Benji Simon Pegg, who is with him, and John Rhys Davies, who didn't, or the sorry, not 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 him. Who who is the guy Roger in that one? The 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 younger John something. Anyway, he was one of the cast members. Didn't stay. Um, four is where the movies really pick up because that's kind of where we're four on is kind of where it, where we're kind of on a continuous story here. But we are joined by Jeremy Renner, uh, who is a main cast member. And that's, uh, that's of course the, the piece where he climbs the building with the electric or with the magnetic gloves in Dubai, Uh, huge, awesome, awesome piece to watch. Climbs the Burj Khalifa. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and that's that's a and then the one woman gets Leah Sadu's character gets kicked out of a window, which I thought was great. Um, they saved the world. Shouldn't have that's, been standing there. That's Ghost Protocol, and it's MI has been or the IMF has been pretty much Ethan has been pretty much disavowed since four, and he's still. And I find it funny. I have, I have a question for you after I get to the end of the wrap up. But five Rogue Nation, um, it, it has again another. This deals with Russia and the Kremlin. Um, they have to steal. He something. gets blown up. He does get blown up. They have to um, steal something to prevent it from falling in the wrong hands. Again, again, the IMF is disavowed. We learn the truth about what happened to Julia. She was not killed, like Renner's character said. He was also fed a lie. But we understand why Ethan stepped away from his marriage, even though he's very much in love with Julia, was in love with Julia. He stepped away to keep her safe so she could live a normal life. And as long as he's doing the husband thing, the world is kind of in trouble, which... I buy more and more as the movies go on because they do a better job of, of explaining it. Also, um, I love Hunley's introduction, which is Alec Baldwin. He comes in in five. Um, that whole thing plays it out. It's wonderful. Six with Fallout is 
Well, five the the, the pieces. Ethan is on, on the side of a plane as it's taken off. That's one of the set pieces. Second set pieces. He's he's in this giant tank of water trying to figure it out. He's he's he loses air and is still down there for like three minutes. But it's uh, Ethan Hunt. I think is a great character into Fallout, which I think the series well culminates. And it could have ended with Fallout. It and it, it could have. They put a cap on the end of Fallout, and it could have ended. Julia and Ethan had a had a moment where they understood each other and you know she's married to this idiot scientist west bentley an idiot he's just nerdy no idea what's going on west bentley plays him and him and julia kind of have this understanding of they're going to walk away from each other but ethan is in a good place julia's happy they've saved the world um the syndicate they've stayed they've stopped the syndicate temporarily and then we roll into this one seven where it is just kind of the continuation of the same thing is I want to talk about the same way we talked about Ghostface and Scream as it's less who's wearing the mask and the cape, their physical capabilities and what would be limit limitations rather than Ghostface has become an iconic character that just kind of transcends all that. Same with Michael Myers. I think we, you guys can agree with that, right? Sure. Well, yeah, on those two. And I think the same way, well, in a very similar but different way, Ethan Hunt has become... The IMF has, through, through, through several movies now, been very well established, very well explained what it is. It, it's, it's, it's more than them. It's more secret than, than MI6. It's more secret than, than, the, than the CIA. It's, it's just, it's kind of like the last line of defense between, between the, the, the evil that the, the different countries, their agencies can't figure out. The IMF then goes into action and figures it out and stops the world from coming to an abrupt end by these crazy psychopaths. Yep. Last line of defense. Well, yeah. And, and, and that's and what I like, think is good. Well, and uh, I think it's believable in the sense of, you know, we get this from, you know, a whole bunch of action franchises, you know, throughout, you know, all time, you know, think about like the Bourne movies, you know, the amount of surveillance that we actually have that they show off and stuff. It, it's, it's almost unbelievable at some point, but you know, you're willing to buy it. And I, I think, you know, there's some government entity out there, you know, that has way further along technology than anyone else within our country. It's, sure. it's, it's not an unbelievable premise. Well, so I, I, I think it all works. Bourne is less about saving the world and more about Jason Bourne's just been on the run forever. And then he's that, trying to just live a normal goddamn um, excuse life. Excuse me, sir. That wasn't the point of me mentioning it, but thank you. Oh, well, you're fine. But <laughs> um, it's, it's well, the two, two, two different stakes, you know? I mean, there's not really any stakes with Jason Bourne for the world. It's just you're involved, you're embroiled, you're invested in him surviving the movies well, yeah i'm just saying like the, the believability of like what they right have, sure, like, at sure. their arsenal it's, is it's well fine. i mean ethan hunt is he should have been dead a hundred thousand times by now right we, we can yes. all, i mean roger you can agree with that i mean the end of the last movie in fallout he is literally him and uh henry cavill have this he hijacks a helicopter follows cavill cavill shoots at him with a minigun they end up fighting on the edge of a cliff where it's like five degrees out. The helicopter barely holds. I mean, he should have been dead 12 times. Just because you would die doesn't mean he would. Um, any, mm. any real <laughs> I'm all for making fun of Grayson for certain things, but I'm kind of with him on this. <laughs> no, he's same in, this, in Dead Reckoning. He's dead at least five different times in this movie. Any one of these characters is dead, but all right. Roger, what's Mission Impossible? Dead Reckoning Part One. Where does the what installment of this is in the in the IMF timeline? Well, so one thing I do want to say about this before I really dig into this movie is this is very much a Part One film, right? Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, well, that's because 
like that's the one thing I want because like if anybody's like, well, there's no clear ending here, okay? Because listen, there's not. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Well, listen, it stops yeah. at a stoppable place. It stops better than Spider Man or it stops better than Fast. Than fast does. Okay, so I was gonna, I was actually gonna bring that up. Yeah, because they, you know, clearly state that this is Dead Reckoning Part One. We know that no, you know, that Ethan Hunt is not going to die in this film, right? So once you get past that and realize, hey, there's a whole other movie coming in a year or two or whatever it is, you know, that that's something you have to understand because, like, that's one problem that a lot of people had with Fast, yeah. right? Because they didn't tell you this is a, a one-parter, you know? Like, it wasn't going to be, like, cliffhanger at the end, right? But that being said, like, you know, we're, we're as far along, it feels as present day as possible for... Mission Impossible, like we're legitimately fighting an AI, which yeah. is something that I swear to God we're probably about forty-five seconds away from actually having to do. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, it feels feels really like grounded in something that could be happening now. Um, all the character pieces, you know, if you've seen these movies before, like Grayson just did a mini recap, they all kind of have their own place. You know, Isai Morales is character as the uh, basically the puppet of the uh, the uh, AI. You know, it all kind of fits, and I'm okay with it. So, I like this movie. I think uh, that's why we're going to let Chris talk here in a minute, because this is the first movie he really sat down and watched. But for most folks, I think if you liked any one of these other movies, that this continues right along with a pretty good story. So, um, it's set in modern times. It's right down the line, and... None of this too over the top, but everybody should have died at least twenty times. <laughs> well, I mean, well, the same thing. Well, what I want. Okay, so what I want, Chris, before I, we we give you the we give you the mic here, let you just go. What to say? Whatever you want to say about your experiences. I want to say that six, more than four and five. What Fallout did was it kind of brought this ethereal kind of melodramatic thing between, especially Ilsa and Ethan. Of Ethan, you know. Julia's kind of being phased out and she's being phased in as a love interest. And there's really, you know, whose side is she actually on? And she's doing some serious damage and being double agent, triple agent, but she has a thing for Ethan and that's kind of where her allegiance lies. And there's several points and there's one really wonderfully stylized scene in fallout when they're walking like a, I thought they think they're in Paris and they're in kind of a, a hedgerow and they, Ethan keeps walking and she's following him and they meet in this awesome, like, row of trees and they have a great conversation about being agents versus being lovers and it's just it's kind of great how McCory mixes all that with especially with the with the with the score in in six two that comes again at, at the head and when they're in the world whether out in in the mountains in the what is it the Kush mountains or something one of those like way out in the middle east mountains and kind of how it, mountain chain yes how it comes to a head with you know, you you have you know Ferguson's life at stake. Then Benji and um, Luther trying to figure out how to stop the bomb. One bomb, and there's two bombs, and then Kevill, and it's just there's a lot going on. But McQuarrie handles it well. What he, I mean, what I think the best thing he handles is Ethan and Ilsa, which is a surprise given how much these are action movies. So given yeah. that, Chris, I like to leave the floor. Say take as long as you want. Going, I mean, your experience with this, and does this make you want to go back and watch some previous MI films? Well, uh, I'll, I'll lead in with, uh, yeah, it does make me want to go back and watch some of the older stuff. I, I think I might do it in a in a unique like reverse order. I'll just keep on going backwards one movie until I get Ooh, to the beginning, interesting, and see how that plays out. Uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> but uh, but no, like you have so, to watch the movies backwards too. 
I can do that. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. No, I can do that. So the um, my experience with this movie was uh, overall very positive. Uh, like the movie doesn't, it does a very good job of giving the audience member the information they need if they've missed a movie or two or all of them. In my case, I didn't feel confused or like flabbergasted at anything that happened with any of the characters. They immediately show you about his past and the run in with the antagonist in this film, or at least like, you know, the, the actual like person form of the antagonist. And then I didn't know the thing about, uh, what, Gingrich, what's his name? Uh, Sorry, I know Kittridge. Are, but yeah, Kittridge. Kittridge yeah. yeah, I didn't know that he hasn't been in every one of them. I, I I assumed he had been in, he had been in like most of them. But you know, for what it, it it is in this film, you know, you don't know either way, and it doesn't change anything for what your interaction is. And you find out real quick through context, you know, like who he's working with, you know, why his team is, you know, his team, and you know that they're all part of kind of the, the same the same agreement all the way through. So none of this was like a, like a huge surprise or shock to me. I didn't feel out of place. I didn't feel like I was missing any information as I watched this film. They do a very good job of, of isolating everything in this, of this movie, what you need to know and to tell the story that they wanted to tell all the way through. Sure. I, and I found like the chemistry with, you know, all the cast members was very good, but I really liked grace and, um, What's his name? Uh, Grace and Ethan on screen together. I think they were a fantastic paired. Well, like whenever they're on that's screen what they're together, up. Yeah. well, and, and I get that, but like it's like the actors have to have the chemistry to make that work, though. Sure, right? they and, have to and, be believable. Yeah, and they absolutely kill it when they're when they're on screen together. I thought that was that was very good. The only thing that I could really attest to, like not caring about, maybe because I haven't seen the films, or maybe it's just it's just a weaker antagonist. I don't like. I don't think they needed to bring back the guy from the first film. I don't think they need that at all. But who, Roger made who, a good point during show prep that it might be something else that, now that we've seen the whole film, that it, it might not be everything that, that it seems uh, at first glance or from a high view. But I think that you had enough going on with all these other characters going on, all these other angles going on, all the things that happened in this film that you didn't need him. You could just had you know, a bunch of people that you know, already kind of worship this AI or being like, you know, the AI is already manipulating to make things happen mm-hmm. kind of deal, especially since the AI is super smart and can like force people and blackmail people to do what it wants. I think that would have been a neat angle instead of like just this cold killer that likes to make people like, you know, like upset. Well, I liked when they described the AI and like all this tracking, all the stuff that it had done, like all the archives that it had opened and gone in and left them purposeful trails to say, yeah, dude, I was in here. Yeah. Didn't do anything, yep. but I damn well could have mm-hmm. and just kept right on moving. Yep. So like, like all these elements within the movie, I think work pretty well. Like I said, the only thing I could really say that the movie didn't need from my perspective as a new viewer was, was that, uh, that addition of like the first movie villain like like pullback. Other than that, well, well, he wasn't. Everything works. Who who are you considering the first movie villain? I don't know what the the guy we deal with the most of the movie. Oh, Isai Morales is Gabriel. So he's he was, not from yes. the. He's not actually from the first movie. He's okay. from even before well, that. He, okay, okay, okay. Well, what what we know about Ethan, and we finally got that answered. Is we finally got the answer to what we know is Ethan was pretty much gang pressed into the IMF. Yeah, we, we, we've yeah. known that for many movies now. We we don't know what the circumstance was. We didn't know he joined on his own. We just know he didn't join on his own volition. He was kind of gang pressed into it. But now we know, and they've been setting yeah. that up. You know, they've and even in five and six, they talk about you. You can the choice to join and help people, but like that's how you knew what what woman was going to make it out of this movie. That's of course that's how you knew because that's how they set it up. 
Well, so. yeah, yeah, of course. But it, it's just, you know, I think he's the only thing in this movie, I think, that they cut out and just, you know, wrote that a little differently. I think it would have been fine. Everything else works, in my opinion, masterfully well. I'm I'm all I'm down for a good spy thriller. That's what this felt like the whole way through. So I was definitely into it. I like the whole technology, like things they have access to. I loved the airport, the whole airport scene. Mm-hmm. And this is fantastic. I love seeing that. And I'm not a big fan of car chases. I was down for this car chase. So that's that's a Mission Impossible thing. There's at yeah. least one or two good car chases. Yep. And uh, they they do them pretty well. Like, I'm pretty certain Tom Cruise likes to do them. Yeah. He also, like, it also seems like he likes to run in a straight line and they and they follow him. No, that's, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't that's sure. A, that's a real thing. <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah. But no, like, I love the car chase. I thought it was, so, like, done so well. I thought it was really cool to watch. I was I was into it. I was kind of eye rolly with like them switching positions a couple times, but I, I let it go because it was so good. Yeah. When when they get in that little that little Fiat or whatever that is, dude, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be cool. And I love this like electric. <laughs> <like, laughs> yep. <laughs> During that car chase, and I'll I'll open the floor back up to you guys because overall it's a positive experience for me, and I liked it all the way through. I like the way it opens too with the whole submarine thing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really neat. It felt like a whole different movie. Like I felt like it felt like an eighties movie for yep. for a few minutes. I thought that was really neat how it opened up that way. Um. I liked, so I didn't, didn't like, I loved when they're doing the car chase at the very beginning and she's in the cop car and he catches up to her and she wrecks that car. I did not see that coming. I jumped. I don't jump at shit like that usually. And I, and I thought that was a cool ass car crash where yep. they just wrecked her car out of nowhere. That was cool. Unexpected. The whole sound cuts out and everything. I thought I was like, all right, that was cool. Yep. I was not ready for it. And I'm glad I wasn't. Cause that was, that was actually pretty neat. Oh, you mean when she gets hit dead on by the, yeah. by the Hummer? Who? Yep. Oh man, I, I thought I thought that was so I thought that was so well done. Like it's not often that like a car like a car crash or like a car like chase scene gets me, but that was really cool. Sure, I like that a lot. I like. I mean, there's so much about this movie to like, and even the opening too is. I've seen this. I called it. Who was Ethan? Like I knew that guy was Ethan the whole because it was just the camera kept cutting back to him every time they'd say there's one guy who. He always is calling the shots. Well, that's Ethan. He's one step ahead of all you idiots all the time. So well, I knew- I, I, so I thought that guy in that in that boardroom situation thing. I thought that could have been the like like the AI. In could have been way. a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, I thought it could have been the AI. You know, like you know, pick the perfect person to infiltrate the place through all of its algorithm knowledge and stuff. So that you know, you get him all the clearance that he needs. This guy that this guy that I have, you know, he looks he looks mundane enough to where no one would really notice him. Look twice at him. He looks official enough. Got him the clearances, like you said. And like I, 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 I thought that could have been it, but it doesn't end up being that. But I think it could have went either way, honestly. But it was still a cool reveal, you know, when he hand, when he hands him the mask. Like, oh, okay, cool. Well, Kittredge just, I mean, he's been chasing him for a long time. That the gotcha. the, the government agencies have been chasing Ethan for a long time, and Ethan continues to say, "This is my question." I was going to ask you, and I was doing the recap, the mini recap. Mm-hmm. Is he's been disavowed, and he's continually saved the world. I don't know why they keep. I don't know why that he's on the the must must bring in. Can list. we at least get this dude on the payroll? Yeah. <laughs> I just and he always wears like the most dapper suits. I don't know where he gets them, but he always has. He's always just well dressed. Well, he's dressed. got a tailor. That's yeah, yeah, makes sense. That's that's all very Mission Impossible though. Is what everything in this movie just screams Mission Impossible, which it's oh, which is good. Yeah. Well, yes, of course, but it's also more of like I'm going to call it the Top Gun Maverick uh, syndrome. Is like it's just. They made the movie where it should have gone and there was nothing else. You know what I mean? Like, that's, again, this sure. movie's going to make a ton of money well, and people are going to, 
oh, why is Tom Cruise still making money? Well, because he's so one thing that I appreciate about this movie because you know Chris hits the nail on the head because look, this is a spy thriller movie. Like mm-hmm. that's what it is. Listen, there's some action here, sure, but deep down, this is a spy movie, right? There's enough of other things to keep you entertained, but ultimately, it's spy versus spy or spy versus AI or however you Agent want to, yeah, agent, however yeah. you want to fucking classify it now, right? They give you enough information to, for you to extrapolate mostly what's going on at a given time. They don't hide things from you here like certain movies do where, like, oh, you know. Look how they, clever we are. Kind yeah, of no, they, they don't do that here. They lay it out. And I think that that's very beneficial for this movie because, like, if, you know, you're a perfect example, Chris, somebody who's never really watched the Mission Impossible movie. You never felt like you were behind the story, nope. right? They didn't hide something from you. Yeah, you may not have known a character's name oh, yeah, yeah. from before, but uh, that's you understood that, that they're here for this point. Yep. And I think movies like this, when they don't try to get too cute with it, but they don't talk down to you about it, you know, like there's a fine balance there. And this movie does that very well. And there is just enough action and just enough spy stuff mm-hmm. for it to be like, hell yeah, this is a fun ride. Well, be- like, I think it's confident in it, in what it has. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I think that like, like, the people behind this were very confident. Hey, hey, we have a good movie here. We don't need to do anything else besides besides show them the movie. Uh, I would I would change your from confident to competent. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. like they know what they're doing. Because one, look, this isn't Mission Impossible One. This is Mission Impossible Seven. Yeah, yeah. True. You know, like we've we've rode this train with this character for a long, long time. He doesn't need to be invincible. Yeah, listen. This motherfucker take some punishment? Sure, of course he does. But like he's not ever the smartest guy. Mm-hmm. He's not ever the strongest guy. He's the guy that holds his team together and his team is successful. Mm-hmm. And like that's one thing, you know, you might not know this. Like that's he's the team guy. Like he says, you know, your life will always be worth more than my own. That's been that way for a long time with him. So when somebody obviously like Grace, who is our new character here, when she becomes a little bit into that world, you know, that's why he lays it out the promise to her because that's how it goes. Um, I think she's an interesting character one, because obviously the love interest point of it, because like that has to be at least somewhat involved. Yeah. Okay. Whether that ever pans out or not, obviously I have no idea, but it definitely feels to me that that's the direction they're going and sure. Fine. Whatever. But like her character never really fully felt out of place here either for somebody who's not used to spycraft, Right. She's a pickpocket, and she's not stupid. So, well, they were even surprised when they when they like, they pulled her like pulled her credit like her like her rap sheet. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, like like he says at one point, like you know, you know, she's you know, she's not with it with anybody. She's she's a criminal. Yeah, and like they were like they were shocked by that. Yeah. they were expecting like some other agency somewhere else to also be on the whole key chase. It All was, informal training. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> I think another really effective scene and uh, staying in the airport for a second is that. Um, at least for someone who's first time viewing any of these movies, was the bomb sequence. Sure. Which, you know, all right, there's a few things happen at the same time. Kind of cool, you know, kind of campy, whatever. But, like, when it asked him what the most important thing to him is and he has to say his friends, it was like that was a good, like, like trigger for someone like me who hasn't seen any of these or much of these or however you want to look at like this, like this person in the audience. And it's like, you know, Oh, that this guy meant that like, yeah. like, 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 the, like these people mean something to him. So like there's stakes here for him already, which then puts you in the seat of having stakes alongside of the cast. Cause they're all very likable people. 
and they do a good job of making them likable as well. So let me ask you a specific question about roughly that scene. Okay. Where yeah. the, what did you think of the scene where um, Ethan's running his op and they have him on like mute doing Benji's op? What yeah. do you think about that? Isn't that? <laughs> I thought that was actually really well done. Yeah. I, like, I like how they kept on telling him, you know, no, it's fine. No, everything's fine. Nothing you know about. Turn left. Like, you know, hey, there's a nuclear bomb. I'm going to go handle that. Yeah, go handle that. We'll let him do this. Yeah, I, I found the bomb. Cool. Pretty sure it's nuclear. He's I was like, oh. I was ready for like for that that whole campy zany like you know he left it off mute and like says like something and like everybody hears it and like mm, yeah, you know that's really... how he figures out no and then they're like that's a little too cornball for this exactly in the end it was like you know hey by the way there's a bomb that we're dealing with it's like what how, Sorry, how much he... time he's like a minute forty five he's like a minute forty five <laughs> Ethan we didn't we didn't want to bother he's like Ethan says that's the kind of thing you bother me for a nuclear bomb <laughs> is something you can bother me with and I like the fact that his character character was a surprise not ready for the news and like upset that like he wasn't in on it sooner i think that that all that makes the character feel more real because like ethan's this, also not the bomb guy yeah, okay. benji's the bomb guy <laughs> yeah well but like like think no, of a, luther's think, the bomb guy think of a um think of a 007 movie right like think sure. of a james bond movie you know like if, if if bond gets that same information he may be a little surprised but he's a cool cat the whole time him and him and grace just you know he Arnold's come with me if you want to live and yeah. they just take off to the nearest plane. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's how that goes. But in this movie, no, he's, you know, all of a sudden he's in problem. solving. <laughs> he's like, well, shit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I like that he didn't keep his cool right away. He was, Verb, he was visibly upset towards his team for not cluing him in sooner, and that kind of thing. That that it makes the the characters feel more authentic, and I like that. Also, it shows that that they don't want to that, like they value. Ethan's mission and Ethan's situation extremely like at, at a high level because they're willing to take that on without bothering him. And it shows you how tight knit they are and how much they care about like each, each situation. Well, the good thing is for someone like you hadn't, who hasn't seen them, mm-hmm. you also see that these people are very competent oh, yeah. at what they do. Yep. Right. So the one thing you might not know, or you probably don't know is Benji used to just be the tech guy. Okay. But he's he's actually an agent now. Like he has full IMF clearance just like Ethan does. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like he's worked his way up through the ranks and they actually talk about that. Like he's like, I'm gonna take the agent test like a couple of <laughs> couple of movies ago okay, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's cool. kind of yeah, because like he was the guy that just wore the headset before. Yeah. Well, and, I mean like, he's his way into it. Now he's a field what every movie I he, keep expecting Benji to die in the field because that's what he wanted is to be in the field. Oh, okay. And yeah. I, I Jesus, really expected Benji. Turn. I really expected I don't think Benji's gonna survive the next movie only he because like, it would be yeah. the it would be the full rotation of benji's character from the desk tech guy to he, he's always jealous dying of ethan, a hero and then ethan puts him in the field and he's never really quite up to the task he's you know he's fine and he gets the job done but when he's not with ethan he gets his ass beat pretty bad multiple times in a ghost protocol he uh he does some really awesome stuff, rewiring a computer on the fly, mm-hmm. like rewiring an entire server center so fast, like stripping wires. So like his tips of his fingers are bleeding. Oh, yeah. Like yep. it's, it's, That's up your fingers yeah, too, it was, yeah. it's interesting. So yeah. yeah, I've made my own ethernet cables a couple of times. Yeah, no, it hurts. Yep. <laughs> that hurts. That's cool. And you guys, of course, know the scene that I loved. I'll, you, you won't even, I'll give you three guesses, but you only need one. When they were, when, when she says, I've never, I've never been to Rome or whatever. Well, up on the balcony. That's, that's just well, of course, but that's part of the I was talking about with six and how McQuarrie uses the music to really, you know, something bad's coming if he gives if he gives Ethan and Ilsa that moment, you know, something mm. bad's right oh, around yeah. the corner because you don't 
give them that unless you're but like i love the moment where the ai takes over and is like is falsely leading ethan through all these corridors that was kind of neat how they did yeah. the ai just kind of cuts him what was the ai called the entity the entity yeah, yeah. the entity yeah, yeah. the Which entity is, how it just cuts oh, him out yeah a good, I think. Uh, a good, I think that that was a good villain too. Which is another reason why I don't think we needed the um the Isai other Morales. Yeah, I don't think we needed that again. I I think that was interesting enough to kind of let it do its thing. But maybe because of the failure of what happened in this film, uh, like you know that whatever his name is, like didn't accomplish. Like maybe the AI will be more in control and be like more direct now and not relying on the human element or something like that. So I, I think I think we'll see some stuff for it. I um I like the um the alleyway fight scene too. I thought that was actually pretty. Oh, you cool, mean, you pretty mean the, cool the, fight. the very narrow alleyway? Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought I thought that was that was pretty neat, very well done. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, well, like I think all of it is again like crafted pretty well all the way through, and you know it it shows in in like multiple areas as you view. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, with you know, with Ethan. He's a skilled mm-hmm. fighter, and for him to listen when somebody's swinging a pipe at you, <laughs> that's just something you don't want to have happen to nope. you. Just not at, not at all. No, but I mean right? that's the, that's the whole thing. When he, I loved how he was able to like keep pushing one away and just engaging the other one as the other one's recovering, and then he finally got him on the same side so he could just fight one front. Yeah. Uh, and then and of course, and then the, the 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 plot like whoa that was cool is comes when he doesn't kill. The, the 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 female yeah mm-hmm. he beats the pipe saying i could have killed you but i didn't you better remember this yeah well and i also like that the ai knows it too mm-hmm. which is also interesting that it comes up later on and yep. you know it's ends up being like you know like, like a small plot hook that was you know correct on the ai's part but it's just interesting to see all those things kind of come back into play you know who that is right That's- what do you mean that's Mantis. That's Mantis. Oh yeah, yeah. Guardians. Yep. Mm. yep, yep, yep. Doesn't look like her, and she does. She does a fine job as the as oh, the pause. You know, yeah. fe- mm-hmm. female assassin. Um, it, but also that leads into my my scene with the with the two women on the bridge, because you know one of them's not going to make it out, and you already know which one of them's not going to make it out. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. Why, no, why so here's the thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bro. I'm so, no, I was going to say, ahead. why do they not carry? Why is she not carrying a gun? Why? Why do they do this? Why do they do this knife fight and sword fight? Because look, weren't they weren't they disarmed in the club? And then she just and then she bailed out as fast as she could. Uh, also, knife fights are awesome. True, <laughs> they are. John Wick <laughs> will tell us that too. But yeah, I just don't like. I loved that fight, especially when Ethan is trying his damnedest to get to the bridge, knowing that he if he <laughs> that he ran there, him like a mile away. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then the, the 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 score that's playing behind it is just it's so desperate and so you know you know Ethan's going to come across the and it's. <sighs> I'm glad it was who it was only because I actually expected it to be, I actually didn't expect that to happen when it did because we had still had a lot of movie left and a whole nother movie. And like Ethan didn't really have a time to like, well, I meant the loss and really feel like, well, I think he does. I just think that uh, like as an, as an audience on the ride, we don't have time to reflect on it with okay, him. Okay, fair, they, fair. They jump into the next thing. Well, but they don't, here's the thing. They only jump like 12 hours. Yeah, yeah, I know. Or at least that's the idea that I took. Yeah, well, it's like, I don't know, about that scene, you know, I think, unfortunately, I think they did the cop-out thing by making it to where Ethan didn't have to choose. I think it's that it kind of just played out for him. But, you know, it, I think it's still good. But it does make sense. We're like, 
you know that you know the you know that Elsa's going to sacrifice herself for her, and they're not going to and like that, that's how it has to go, right? Because you know Ethan's not going to choose; he's going to try to save them both. Yep. Blah blah blah. So like that that's that, that's the only way for that to really play choices out. were made. Yep. So well, that also and, goes in okay with the with theme. It. it also goes in with the theme of bringing. That's why they brought back to the beginning of the loop of what got Ethan into the I, the IIMF is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you had a choice. You're 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 going to go to jail, or you can join the IMF, and that's what Haley Atwell's character is. Um, yeah, Grace well, is and, no, she's busted, or she's going to join the IMF. But it lead that actually leads directly to what I think is my favorite scene of the whole movie is the scene with Grace and Luther, where she was just like, you know, she died because of me. He's like, no, yeah, he yep. did. She died for you mm-hmm. to save you yep. because you're important to her, and you're important to this. And like just putting some real gravity towards that situation because yeah, somebody died here, and it wasn't just a throwaway character. Like this is a mainstay character, and Luther's like she made that decision. Yeah, I'm it really, was her choice to do that. I'm really glad. Speaking of choices, I'm really glad that they made her finally like kind of like like come fully into the fold with the IMF on the train mm-hmm. and declines the, the the money transfer because. She was very out for herself, and which which makes understandable sense, makes sense for the character, and like very not trusting, and very much you know I'm going to do this on my own kind of thing. But like it happens so many times with her character up to that point that you're like, oh, now she's just going to take this money and run, and then the next movie is going to be about them kind of crossing paths or like you know having to make it right, blah blah blah. Yeah. But no, they didn't do no. that, and I'm glad they didn't. No, they closed that loop before it. Yeah, which something. I'm very happy about because that was that was another like small thing. I was like, okay, I, we, we get it. She, She's reluctantly going to join, blah blah blah, all this other stuff. You know, you don't you don't need to keep on doing this. Where like she kind of like tries to run away from Ethan the whole time. Well, I have but, a th- I have a theory how this is going to end. Is I don't think Ethan's going to survive the next movie. Now I'm not wor- I'm not going off any information I have that no one else does, but I don't think Ethan's going to survive the next movie. And I do think that the IMF will with with all these characters, with the blonde, with with man, with Palm Clementoff, with Haley Atwell's character. I think that the IMF will live on, but I, th- I think I, I don't think Tom Cruise wants to do another Mission Impossible. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, he is sixty-one, right? Like he knows he sure. has to eventually stop running full sprint for multiple camera shots without possibly risking death. I mean, someone needs to tell Tom Cruise that, but yeah, that's no. I mean, I, I think he's I think he's conscious of it. I think I think I think he's making a two-part movie with this mm-hmm. character that he loves to play. Didn't he say he wanted to go to space? To film a movie, like legitimately, yeah, that, that was that was definitely him. Yeah, <laughs> that was like two weeks ago. <laughs> I just, I, I, I think he knows. I also that want well. this to happen. Well, I'm I mean, glad imagine. That... Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, imagine Tom Cruise, you know, writing the like, you know, being a part of the closing, the actual closing chapter of Ethan, and then being able to just write, you know, assist in writing, directing, and producing the next one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, he would. That's where the passion stays. That's where, you know, the love for the project stays and someone that isn't going to let that thing go to shit because of some studio. So I think all these things, you know, I think all these things lead into, you know, possibly, you know, Mission Impossible 8 or the start of a new like beginning to like, you know, you know, a more modern version of this franchise. You know, I I, I can see that. that. That's that's if, if absolutely. But it's all possible. Of course, of course. Uh, And Roger, I'm glad you brought up the Luther thing because he's been the one that kind of centers it. For the yep. for the for the fish out of water character now, which was Julia when in three when that first happened when he brought it yep. all back, and then 
I, I w- and then Jeremy Renner kind of took that over for for one movie, one and a half movies, and then Luther did. Which I'm 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 kind of surprised we didn't see Renner's character in in this. Well, I mean, well, uh, there's a whole other movie coming, baby. Yeah. There is, but I mean, it wouldn't. Have, I mean, wouldn't that be on IMDb or something that he's he's in it? But no. Um, I, I do hope we see Renner's character. I, I do like um, Renner's character, but yeah, he's a, he's a good fit with this yeah. crew. So yes, there's a lot. There's so much to like about this movie too, especially with like the whole when I love when Benji's telling him, "Yep, you just keep going straight," and then it'll lead you. Yeah. Like, and then you so then you see the mountain because you know that the bike jumps coming. Yep. When do, just, I to, when do I get to go downhill? Oh, it's it's soon. <laughs> it'll be quickly. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a sharp drop off. Yeah, that's all Mission Impossible stuff too. That's the great. Yeah. You know, let me ask you a question. And Roger, this might be more MDU because you've you've seen them all. Is were you okay? There was a time during that long car chase. Don't get me wrong. I think thought that car chase was fantastic, and it really put the one in the Indiana Jones to shame. But it, <laughs> oh it was, God, yeah, it's fantastic, and it's there was a point where I was just I was kind of wanting it to get back to person versus person instead of you know having a chopper in the way like six or having a car. I kind of wanted just Ethan to. I wanted to see more Ethan do Ethany things, rather than always in a vehicle or on a train or whatever. But I, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, look, I don't know how I feel about that either because that's the only thing that we may ever see. It's true. It's true. So, I mean, uh, action actiony star needs to be an actiony place to do an actiony thing, right? Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing: if even if he's not doing something like over the top like crashing a train jumping off a fucking mountain you know tom cruise is one of the guys love him or hate him that can carry a scene no matter what the scene is like look i don't however you may feel personally about tom cruise just being a fucking weirdo because he's definitely a fucking weirdo dude is an incredible actor Mm -hmm. and there are very few people that were ever outgun him in a scene straight up so i would never worry about him having to have a sit down chat or something like that to further along a plot of this kind of movie. Like I mean, I, two of my favorite films with him in it, and I, I know this is kind of out of nowhere, but like I, it, it's Edge of Tomorrow for sure. Yeah. And then, Fuck yeah, my favorite movie. Yeah, I mean, like of all time? Yes. All right, cool. Yeah, That's a good one, actually. So uh, Edge of Tomorrow and Collateral, man. Collateral, like, I, yeah. Collateral is 10. I, I, and, and like Collateral is so much good dialogue, and that's, you know, that's, that's you know, all, you know, him and it's Jamie Foxx, right? Yep. Other, yeah. Like, that movie's stellar and it, it's, you know, it's because those guys can carry scenes. Tom Cruise can carry scenes. Yeah. I like introducing people to collateral. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It, because it's people were sl- like, I've sl- never seen it. I'm like, dude, it's sleeper. Good. Cause like, seriously, cause like you read it or like you see like a trailer, like, you know, how's this going to be good? Well, and, and then someone watches it. And here's the thing. Even if you watch the trailer, you might not realize that that's Tom Cruise. True. Yeah. Because yeah. like, he's so laid back and he's got shock blonde hair yep, yeah. and looks completely, you know, he's wearing glasses and all that stuff. It's so. It's silver hair, silver, silver hair. Yeah, it's silver. sure. Yeah, yeah. that's I mean, sure. that movie is great. There's so much. To uh, like Edge of Tomorrow is on four. It's yeah. available for 4K now. So is if you it? Didn't, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Edge of Tomorrow is like like wasn't a week the last. Ago. Wasn't that the last Bill Paxton movie too? I think. I think it might. One of the last. Uh, wasn't there supposed to be a second one of those at some point? There's, there, there still is in development. Still, yeah, I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we'll get it now. That I mean, look, Tom Cruise is on a high right now. Mission Impossible, Top Gun, like he's something wrong with your suit. Yeah, there's a dead guy in it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, it's right. Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that I can't think of it. But okay, back to Mission Impossible. Though. You okay, need a helmet. Like... I don't need a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, so Chris, some more questions for you then. Yeah. Can we just talk about Edge of Tomorrow for a while? We could. No, we cannot. We cannot. Let's, Chris, let's, questions for you, Chris. Bullshit. So, what was the most jarring question you had going into movie 707? Oh, that's, that's good. Going in? Or like, well, or no, like, I mean, what, what question did you like? Was there a point when this movie was playing where like, wait a minute, I definitely should be caught up with this and I'm not. So it's not going to make a whole lot of sense, but I'm watching it. The only okay, so the only thing was I, I keep on I keep on not remembering this guy's name, but like Kittridge, the, the, Kittridge, yeah, no, 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 not not Kittridge, the bad guy, the bad guy, Gabriel, oh, Gabriel. Gabriel. I I didn't quite understand how heavy or important his character was. I assumed it was the first movie. You guys have now told me it's before the first movie, basically. So yeah, the so, the scene you see that yeah. we see, we had yeah. never seen like, that I, before. I definitely I definitely didn't feel the weight of how important it was that that character was there. So like I think that was like something that I was in the dark in and that I had the biggest question of all the way through. I was like waiting for this guy to be just like some menacing dude, but he just really isn't. And maybe that was, you know, maybe that was because I was disconnected from that part of the story or maybe it was just because like it's a little bit of, of like a colder, you know, non-emotional character within this world. So like I don't know what it was, but I think that was the biggest thing that ha- that I had a question mark on. I I truly do believe that this did fill in all the blanks I needed very early. And then the ride you're on after those blanks are filled is very much just what they show you in this movie. So I didn't have a lot of like, em- you know, like empty, like empty moments where I didn't know what was going on or I felt lost besides like, you know, how impactful that character interaction was very early on. And maybe the fact that why they were dogging, like why the United States was dogging after him so hard, the whole movie, you know, like the, uh, the two guys that are chasing him the whole time. Yep. Like, I guess that was like a little bit like, you know, come on guys, he's trying to save the world. Just, well, just but the, they get that at the end though. Well, yeah, They're true. Like, true. Hey man, like, look, I ain't fucking around. Yeah, here's your gun back. Now get out it. of my way. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's like, um, besides those two details, I, I, I didn't feel confused. It confused me when I was told that, uh, uh, Kittrich. Kittrich wasn't in all the movies. I thought that was like a, like you know he's like the handler. You hear you hear his voice throughout all of them. Okay, he's the yeah. one that does if you choose. Gotcha. To, you know, this is well, your yeah, because like when he gave like, you know, him. no, it's, that's not always him. Mm, I mean, it is in several movies. So, yeah, but like, I, don't I, think I, I thought that because of that he was in all of these because like he's like the handler guy. Blah blah blah. But like well, other than been, that, like, him and Ethan lost. do not have a good. They're, they're not buddies. No, no okay. he's the and then in the famous scene from the first film when. He Ethan throws the gum against the shark tank and it explodes. He's the one that is in the situation with Ethan. Mm, okay. So I mean, yeah, he's him and Ethan do not have a good past. That's why Ethan mm. always runs from him. But yeah, the point is, Kitcher has been there since the beginning. Although he hasn't been in you know six yeah. of the, or five of the movies. Yeah, but but like I didn't feel lost at all in this. I thought that everything was pretty well laid out. Like I said, ju- just that just that callback that was I guess before movie one was the only thing that kind of had like question marks on top of it. Other than that. I mean, I got that, you know, the uh, the White Widow and them had met before. There were some sexual tension. She's in the, the big part of the previous movie. Yeah. And like, 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 I got all that just from the context of the film. So I didn't need anything else from this because they took me on a fun ride anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I did, there was no question marks on it. I think like, you know, it's similar to like Extraction 2. You could watch Extraction 2 without seeing Extraction 1. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, like the whole everything that they show you is all... They get you from point A to point B. It's very relevant from the very beginning of the film all the way through. You know you know the guy's hurt. You don't know why, but they show you enough flashback to show you, and then you're just on the ride after that. Can I bring up something about Extraction real quick? Just one yeah. small thing so I make everybody laugh because that's what I do. Okay. So I was, I was thinking, 
Remember how like he's like, where are my chickens? And he's like, oh, we ate them. Yeah. And then he's like, what about my dogs? He's like, well, we ate them too. But then he gets the dogs. And then the next scene, you see him like with the chickens in the house. And he's sitting there. They're watching the soccer game. And the chicken's just sitting on his lap. Yep. <laughs> like I just like randomly think about that sometimes. <laughs> about how happy he is that he's just hanging out with his dogs. and dogs and chick- chickens, man. That's all he needs. <laughs> like, well, in the first extraction, he hated the chickens. That's why it's, a, yeah. that's why it's an important thing. Yeah. Yeah, listen, that's that's growth. <laughs> Chris, I, I was thinking, Chris, I don't know if this movie could have been done without personifying a villain as in Gabriel. Nah. I don't know. If, I don't know if you can do that with this. movie. Oh, well, you could I have. mean, here's the thing though. we'll see how this ends up going. Yeah, um, because, you know, obviously there's far more to Gabriel than we have unwrapped at this mm-hmm. point. I mean. My beginning gambit with the whole AI could have had blackmail on so many people from all the places it can break into. There's agents that have that have like you know probably blackmail that could be used against them, so they could have skilled people that. Well, like we also don't corner. know if that's not going to come into play. True, yet exactly, exactly. I just like I, I think you didn't have to have him persona the the entity personified by that person. I just think that it is convenient and it does it it it's another callback to a character that you're that you're probably going to close the loop on here soon so i get it i do <laughs> well one thing we didn't close the loop on was um ethan handed over the villain of the last movie to white widow yes he handed he just handed him over and that was supposed to be like the end of that but like i don't think that's going to be the end of that because that's the uh, what, what were they calling it well, the, so what was she's the, gonna be pissed, and she's still alive, so yeah, she'll be relevant. Well, I, I look at it as anybody that I haven't actually seen die, but <laughs> especially in this franchise, because look, they haven't done a whole lot of like, hey, let's dig somebody out that we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. But like, if you because the way these stories are so intertwined, because it is a continuous story, like people from the past do show up doing other things or having smaller roles yeah. and things like that. So anybody at any time could. <laughs> you know, pop up and come to the party. We should talk about the jump, right? Sure. Why not? Ah, uh, the bike uh, jump. The one we saw in the trailer so many yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we should because I saw it in theaters and it was fucking 10 times better. Yeah. So <laughs> they shot that seven times. Really? Seven times that motherfucker jumped off that mountain. God damn. Wait, I'd have so, sex with him. Wait. So yeah, wait. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but absolutely. Whoa. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Whoa. yeah, Ethan Hunt. Awesome. I knew that too. <laughs> Wait, so they 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 shot that seven like where he drove a bike off the cliff seven times. Seven. Times. I mean, he may not have drove a bike off a cliff seven times. He does. No, so here's the thing: does. when the when they show because like there there's a doc that you can watch about it. So they they obviously they they build a ramp and then he drives oh, it off the ramp. He legitimately goes off that cliff seven different times. Jeez. So <laughs> yeah. You ever wonder why movie budgets get well, so, so high, guys? When you watch um. Grayson, which one is he on the side of the airplane? That's, That's five. Rogue, yeah. uh, Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. Okay. They did that like four times. Yeah. <laughs> so legitimately. Not... So they show how they do that one too. Yeah. So like, cause he's right on the outside of the door. They run a cable through the door that he's harnessed to, mm-hmm. but he's legitimately on an outside of an airplane <laughs> as it goes <laughs> into the sky. Yeah. Yep. yep he's yep. not in any real danger, but it really happens. I mean, I feel like I'm in some real danger. Dude's crazy for real. Like he loves doing his own. Well, stunts. He wants to do his own stunts, and that's yeah. and that's that's admirable because a lot well, of. I remember when they talked about that. Top Gun, where like they're like, "Will you let Tom Cruise fly this airplane?" And they're like, "Absolutely not." And they're like, "Come on, dude, for real." And they're like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> U.S. military really like, wants nope. to fly it. 
<laughs> nope. I don't care. I don't care. No. What if we ask, please, really nicely, get the fuck out of my office? <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, like this jump. I don't know. I'm in the theaters watching this. I'm like, all right, this is cool as shit. Like seeing the whole thing play out. Like it's not. It, it's not all. It's not all effects. Like they got all the shots they needed. And like that's true for like a lot of the stunt work in this. There's a couple shots of him on that bike, and you know he's holding a, a goddamn GoPro, and like it. But it, it's a cool shot, and I, I appreciate that. And I think all the way down, it's believable until he gets onto the train. Well, I, when, so <laughs> I think it's hilarious train. when they show him like, I don't know if I'm going to land this. I don't know if I'm going to land, this. and then he just crashes through, <laughs> oh, takes somebody out. Like both of his. His ankles are are in his knees. Oh yeah, point. sure. You know he can't move. He's he's basically yeah. dead. I did I did laugh at that though. He just comes barreling through the wall. <laughs> just like I was like, oh hey Grace, like huh? He's like ow. <laughs> <laughs> he's like out of it. Oh dude's probably like head high as hell doing that jump. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, his adrenaline's going. I don't know. Like I thought that was all very cool. The landing's kind of like all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna suspend that disbelief to you know he he can he can do it fine, but like. It was just cool to see. Like, uh, I'm, I'm glad I got to see that in theaters because that was a cool scene to see, like, in that big widescreen. So, Grayson, I do want to bring up something to you because you have to have noticed it. What did you think of the end of the train scene to straight off the Uncharted game? Yeah, of course, right oh, out of Uncharted. God, yeah. Right out of un- yeah. Unch- Uncharted 2. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was going to, but, like, that was that was very impressive to see. And he was doing Nathan Drake shit, too. He was, you know, yeah. high li- parkouring li- around. Yeah. Listen. If you can't make the the video game into a good movie, pull the good shit from the video game. Yeah, right? no, like that's, I, that's all right. So I, I thought about the train thing because I was like, because I couldn't remember which Uncharted it was, but yeah. I was like, I know I've seen this. I know I've seen it. Well, uh, are any of you guys uh, Metal Gear Solid guys? Yes, sure. Metal, yes. Metal Gear Solid Two, man. Like like this, like the beginning of this movie just screams Metal Gear Solid Two. Oh, for so. the desert stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like that and like you know the whole the whole the Cold War and the sub thing like it's that's it, like, like wait where do you get MGS two in the desert that didn't well no, 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 uh, that that's three I think or Snake Eater where he's in the Snake desert Eater, right? that's the Cold War yeah 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 but like the 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 whole like the whole Cold War sub thing like it, it it's all very cool stuff that like I feel like could have been pulled from like you know for, like from game inspiration which is fine again I think that if you're going to if you can't make the games into good movies pull the good ideas they have too because like you know inspiration comes from anywhere. I thought that was really cool. Well, I see. I didn't. Now we're we're probably going to see now that you are well, at the train anyway. But the Shay Wiggum character, what the the American agent hunting down Ethan Hunt, like it mm-hmm. doesn't. I was a little because he allowed Gabriel to get away, and I know you got to have some X factor. Hunt's got to have him dead to rights, and then something has to happen where he gets away. That's just pure formula at this point. But I hadn't his character seen enough evidence that hunt was not the disavowed agent. He was told he was, and he was actually trying to do some good. Hadn't he seen enough evidence of that up, up to that point? Or am I, I, mean, just, I don't know. I don't know if that kind of stuff matters in that scenario. Well, I think it does. Say, hey, we got to get that Gabriel, guy. Well, he's the reason Gabriel got away. I mean, period. But I mean, well, if sure. there's, if there's going to be a, you know, I can see in the next movie, Wiggum's character is going to, what's his, I, I stop calling him Wiggum. Cause I, I think of Ralph Wiggum. When I think. <laughs> Jasper Briggs. We have to Jasper Briggs, I'm sure in the next movie will be working with Hunt to stop some to do something. I mean there's going to be a whole force of people working with Hunt because this it was Leprechaun the last tells thing. me to burn things. What's yeah. a Ralph Wiggum quote? <laughs> I like You're welcome. Blue. blue tastes good. I was again with the top of the trains, it 
what's Hollywood's fascination with scenes that happen on top? I did think about that too. We just came off. Now this one is far more believable to me than the one on um, Indiana Indiana? Jones. Well, yeah, because someone's face it get taken off. Sure. Well, also though, I thought it was neat when they're actually in the tunnel and like he gets like almost sucked Mm -hmm. off the side because that's what will happen in a tunnel. Yep. Well, well, like, Ethan I, already I, I played like, this game in the first mission. That's what they did in the first mission. But Ethan already yeah. has done this thing. Well, like I, I like that. Like he was working off of the visual cues of what, like you know, the bad guy was doing. Right? Like that's how he knew which way to go because he was watching him and seeing where he was going to go too. I was waiting for him like to try to fake him out and it, like it, you know, at least cause him some damage. But it, it was it was a cool scene. I liked I liked how how fast paced the train was moving, or like how they made that seem like how they made that seem. I wonder how much of that they shot on the train. Like an actual train. Some well, of it, given probably. how it's Tom Cruise, I'm, I'm sure quite a bit, quite more than. Well, I, listen, sure I, all of it. I bet you they didn't <laughs> let him go in a tunnel, but I assume yeah, yeah. that you know they have the train moving slow and they're doing the, some of the choreography on the top of oh, it. Yeah. Well, there's a whole doc. Wait, where do we see that? We saw that somewhere recently where they were talking. Was that at the beginning of a movie? Oh, I don't know. Where they were talking about how they actually did everything on top of a train. Him and the actor for Gabriel were. Yep, oh, no, cool we, did, we did all the events on top of the train. It was moving mm-hmm. quickly, and we were doing it step by step. I don't remember. I don't know where I saw that, but I saw that somewhere. Maybe it was YouTube, but that was, was the cool. beginning of the movie. But yeah, I mean, well, given as Tom Cruise, who likes to do his own stunts, I'm sure he insisted everyone else does their own stunts also. Do, do you think that like other people that he's working with are like, God damn it, I want to do this movie. I want to do this Mission Impossible movie, but Tom's going to make me do my own stunts. You know, I'm like sure that that turns people off. Or at least most of them, yeah. Yeah. I, like, like, or do you think Tom's very much? You know, hey, listen, I'm going to do my stunts, but if you guys don't want to, I get it. But well, no, he probably but, does like that thing. I'm be like, hey, look, this I'm going to be there, and you know, we're kind of hoping that you would, but <laughs> it's going to really be up to you in the end. But but we'll be really disappointed if you don't. But show you know, up shooting starts day. at eight, <laughs> and I'll be ready to go. <laughs> Like your mom, like, <laughs> look, you can very passive aggressive, yeah, <laughs> do that to somebody, <laughs> yeah. Because, well, like, I'm just like thinking, of, like, the actress that plays great, she's also she's in that's the, Peggy Carter, baby. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, yeah. she lived really familiar, I couldn't place it when yeah. I didn't look it up yet. So, but uh, I, I'm sure she's like, you know, you know, like looking at like the car crash and in, in, in the car chase, you know, you know, car crashes, you know, with with Grace and with Grace inside, and she's like, is this my stunt double? And like, no, 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 that's not the stunt crew, that's you. You know, Tom requested it be as real as possible. She's like, "I'm not fucking doing that." Like, like I can imagine that being an actual conversation that like they gotta have for these. I don't know. She's coming off of Marvel. It might be, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, well, her and Mantis both. Or, did they ever meet in the, in the Marvel world? I don't believe. I don't so. think so. No. No. Oh, okay. They're, yeah, yeah, they're no. literally separated by about like sixty years in timeline. Fair. Well, old Peggy's not, but. Well, yeah, true. Um, well, anyway, yeah, but it's old Peggy's dead, bro. <laughs> Jesus. She know, is. Man. She's not. She at the end yeah, of the last Avengers film. She had already died. Didn't because we went to her fucking funeral. Oh, that's right. I I look Marvel is trash <laughs> these days. I don't remember what we saw and what we didn't see. That Come was on, the man. good stuff. <laughs> that was Civil War, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, was that Civil War? I mean, it was at the very latest movie, it was it was Endgame, so yes, still the good stuff. Well, and, yeah, well, we yeah. don't know where by the end of Endgame, we don't really know where she's at. But yeah. okay, well, at they, least at one point she was dead. But aren't they dancing in someone's house? Because he went back in time, yeah. dog. But no, but didn't he pull it forward so she survived all these things and they survived together? And that's the the loop that doesn't make any fucking sense. 
Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, that's Marvel. Anyway, science back to Mission yeah. Impossible. That's a back to more unbelievable. <laughs> you want to talk about tampering with time for a while? <laughs> yeah, we can do that for a minute. Um, this. So, what I like about Mission Impossible, and I want to one second compare Ethan Hunt to James Bond. Sure. Already how do you that, right? how do you guys take it? Because well, I mean, one's a direct result of the other. So, I mean, even down to the name, like James. So Ethan Hunt. Can I ask a specific question on this then do you which james bond well it would have to be i think it would i mean it would have to be the craig stuff because it's continuous okay Okay, so then the only bond that i would say he's like is daniel craig's bond yeah i mean all the other bonds were more suave like that sort of thing where daniel craig's was like you know we're we're a hammer yeah. You know, we're bringing the hammer to the party. Yeah. And that's kind of now Ethan Hunt's not quite that, you know, blunt force trauma style, but he's not that far away from it. Well, I think the the better comparison here is the fact that like the Daniel Craig bonds, like it, it feels like they're modern day bonds. Yes. And this feels like modern day, you know, action. Yeah. Action spy. Stuff, you know, yeah. What I mean? yeah, like, I, like, I, I think that. I think they're they're You can draw parallels here, whereas like as you maybe the Pierce Brosnan ones, some of them, you know, the later ones maybe, but like once you go past that, those feel like older action movies. They don't, they don't feel the same anymore. Right. So I think your direct correlation has to be with like the Daniel Craig stuff. And like, you know, like, like what, what, what's your question in comparison though here, Grayson? Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm comparing characters, Bond and I mean, Hunt. I mean, who do you find to be more believable? I think either Hunt character is written to be more believable though. I don't think James Bond is written to be completely believable. I think James Bond is, is written as a, as a guy, you know, secret agent fantasy is what, is what that character All right. is. Fa- that's, 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 that's a fair response. Although I do not mean the Craig stuff you, you could argue isn't written like that, but all the other, even the, even the Pierce Brosnan was like very reminiscent of like old Hollywood and that, yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I would agree with you though. It's uh, Hunt seems to be more believable, but Hunt also has a team that works with him and Bond. That's really true. Where true. Bond was almost, well, yeah. besides Q. Yeah, well, besides the guys, Q. besides the people back at his headquarters. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But it, Ethan seems more real and the yeah. threats seem more real in Mission Impossible because they're like real world threats. You're just saying that because it's like AI right now. Well, no, I, I you can go back. I mean, they were blowing up buildings in the middle of the bond or the middle of the Craig mm-hmm. stuff. Like they were doing terrorist attacks on yeah. buildings, which at the time very relevant. Oh yeah, that was the, the Skyfall, the Jaws one. Skyfall, yeah, yeah. yeah the guy looking like Jaws. It's, Skyfall is a damn good movie. It really is. Actually, I thought that was the worst of the Craig movies. I mean, it's okay to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, Quantum of Solace was. Oh the yeah, worst. okay, yeah. Quantum yes. is absolutely the yeah, worst. Okay, Quantum but- is bad. Skyfall wasn't far behind, I didn't think. Skyfall is what brings good it back, actors baby. in a bad movie is what yeah. Bonham Solace is. It was actually it was, it was also the first sequel to a Bond movie, which is great. Yeah, but then they were all sequels after that. Yep. So, and now we're going to start over again with who knows. I want to watch but, those again too. Um, it's not all of them. The reason I like Mission Impossible though is because it, it like it almost does the thing where it transcends thing. It's like you have staples now, you know. Luther's always going to be one. Oh, by the way, Luther, he kind of goes off and he's somewhere else at the end of this movie. Well, we yeah, I like that, that he's got to go and try to do, yeah. try to work against the fight against the AI. Again, they, 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 closed up this, yeah. they closed up this movie for every character in some way so that it isn't like, it doesn't feel like, you know, part two coming in 2025. It, it, it feels like you watched, to me at least, I feel like I watched the whole movie. Beginning, middle, end, 
plot that begins and goes all the way through and like it closes things right like the loop with with grace is actually closed and ready to start something else in the next film you know you have you know characters that have things to do and take care of you know and then ethan you know he he flies off into the sunset like quite literally Hmm. and like i don't don't think he i don't think that the grace loop is closed at all yes it is that that character went on a complete arc in this film 100 percent she was she she was outside. She was brought in, in into the team. She decides that she wants to join the team. She officially joins the team, and then we're gonna be like the next movie. She'll already be embedded. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like any of the characters were were, were, were done. I mean, we what 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 this well, movie didn't do was was the was the Matrix and the Pirates. He, thing he where doesn't just mean cuts. when he said close the loop. He doesn't mean that that character is done with this movie. Yeah, he means that character had a com- fully completed. Oh well, arc. yeah, then that's yeah. what I agree. But I don't. I was like, there's no way she's not gonna be in the next one. But no, 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 definitely. no, no, no. She's going to be, and it's because of like what they set up in this film. Like, like this movie doesn't end with you going, you know, you know, like. It doesn't end on a cliffhanger. This movie ends at a like at a reasonable space that isn't like a hard cut, you know, or anything like you know, part two in this time, you know, like whatever. We have Dune as an example. We have the Spider Man movie now. We have the Fast movie now. Like this movie, like I feel like I saw a complete movie. If they never made the next one, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see the resolution of of the AI issue. But I saw a whole damn movie that yeah. actually ends. Well, I mean, those other ones it, I named or it gets don't. to a point where it stops. Yeah. yeah. What what, yeah, what, 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 it, it, what it didn't do was the Matrix and the Pirates thing, where it just cuts hard cut. Yeah, but, yeah. Which I, I mean, Ash just did that. did that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But I don't look. We we don't. When we're talking about like real movies, but Fast is not in that conversation of like real well, reputable movies. Well, anymore. hold on. So <laughs> the, the one thing I let's let's make a joke about that for a second. Mm-hmm. So the three movies we just talked about, right? Pirates. Fast. What was the other one? Matrix. Uh, Matrix. Matrix. All three of those movies were bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing that all those have in common. Where out of all three, part one and part two movies, those were all terrible. Now, movie we just watched across the Spider Verse. You know, we knew this was part one. Yep. How it ends great mm-hmm. right like badass great movie the way and like super pumped for that thing to start yeah when this movie starts up like hey movie ends very well to, i'm yep. fully expect you know ready for it to come again like dude when the next fast movie comes and be like what the, f- what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and i never thought i'd be that way against fast and furious by the way yeah but it I is mean, when you have low expectations yep you know all right. What else we got to talk about with this film? I have one last thing. All right, I want to know how pissed the citizens of Rome are. So, okay. <laughs> so I made that joke to my wife. I go, down. so here's the thing. You know, that's the same staircase that they took that Hummer down yep. in fast, right? Yeah. The exact same one. Yep. I wonder, I legitimately wonder. That it's the same shots? No. Okay. If, But hey, they're like. We have a team shooting from this day to this day. And somebody's like, well, hey, we would like to use that to be like, hey, look. If you guys get in here a week after them, like they'll yeah. still be shut down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you guys come a week before, a week after. We're already in yeah. this in this process. It'd be way easier for us. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, we'll be there. You guys want to blow up the Vatican? <laughs> all right, <laughs> you're going to go <laughs> to hell. But how mad are these citizens? Like, all their streets getting shut down multiple times. You know, well, the people that actually live in Rome probably like fuck them. I don't care. That's yeah, touristy right, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when the ferry to the Statue of Liberty is not running. Break people in New York don't care. Yeah. Like I'm also going there anyway. I just want to know who who like who got in that meeting and said, "All right, what 
what country can we fuck up this year? <laughs> Everyone go to Rome. Who's got the biggest tax credit? Yeah, that's, exactly, <laughs> that's how you figure that maybe out. They just, like, exactly moved in, maybe they just moved into a, t- like a tax credit. Like like, like Italy and Rome. Deal or something. Wait, yeah. Rome's independent, right? Rome, so, Italy. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's still Rome, Italy. So, I mean, like, I wonder if like that was like a big thing. Like, hey, let's go to Rome this time. You know, because like it just opened up for everybody who wants to make movies, and then, yeah. and then that's where uh, Fat Russell Crowe is for the Exorcist movie that he just did, whatever that was. Oh yeah, that's right. What was that? What was, what was what was that called? Pope's Exorcist. Fat, fat Exorcist. Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, fat John Goodman Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> John Goodman versus the Devil, starring Russell Crowe. I'd watch that movie. Starring Russell Crowe. Um, yeah, it's just the Rome seems to be where all the. I mean, early two thousands it was Prague. There were like fifteen was movies it? in like three okay. years. Oh, Prague is a beautiful in. city. Yeah, well, I'm sure that Rome has a. They got a tax credit, and everyone's just going there now for. Yeah, it makes sense. I yeah. mean, yeah, because Rome is hideous. <laughs> yeah, it looks ter- <laughs> looks terrible. Real there. piece of shit. If I see one more goddamn movie that has has a shot of the Colosseum in it at some point, like obligatory Colosseum shot, because I'm in Rome. God damn it! So what do, where do we think part two goes? Since none of us really have any insight, we're just guessing. Where Where do you think part two goes? This I think this the Atlas last- Crater of the Moon. I think this will be the last thing that I say about about this film before we score it. But I think that this movie has set up the fact that it can start it can start off like almost almost like its own film. It's going to be able to start off with like something happening, queuing off like you know everyone getting together or you know, the the team have like the team making a plan, and it's gonna it, it can be its own isolated film. I think they did a good job with how they ended this one. To where we begin with the next part of this, where like you know, the tech guy has been working on the AI issue. You know, Ethan has been brainstorming, and he's and he's calling everyone together now to try to do something about what's going on. Like, I think that's a good place for this to start. They can go with whatever plan they have, or they can put things in motion and all that kind of stuff. Or like maybe Ethan's collecting everybody that he needs, or however that happens. But I think like this can begin very organically. And very much like its own movie, even though it's a part two, it doesn't got to jump right into where it left off. It can start, you know, four months, you know, two months, two weeks from when this movie ended with its own things happening or 20 minutes later or or it could be 20 minutes later, 100 percent. But I think we have I I think we'll see because I, I think the way they ended this film that we'll see this like, you know, with at least a small time jump, whether it be a week or whatever or two weeks or like a month of them getting back together and then moving forward things that they have planned. I think that's well, what will we'll be. I, I don't disagree with you. I think there'll be some time that pass. It, w- it won't be like five minutes later or whatever, but I mean, no, but it could, they do have the key. They have what the guy needs. Mm-hmm. The guy, yeah. they, they, they cannot go to that. Sub. I mean, they, they can go to the sub, but it's pointless without that. You don't have the key it's pointless to go to that sub. So they have that. What I think True. is interesting is, are they going to give, see for me, I want to, I want time for Ilsa. I want to see Ethan grieving for Ilsa. I think that's how you start the next movie. Is I mean, that's possible. He's taking time and, you know, it's just... Oh, he grows a beard. You opens gotta, with her fu- the whole movie opens with her funeral kind yeah, of thing. I, I could like see that, but you got to give him, you no gotta give him time to... She's just a vow, bro. No funeral. Not well, her, they can give her a fucking funeral. It doesn't mean she just doesn't get one in general, but... Dude, they're not going to be together to start the next movie. Luther already left. True. <laughs> But it doesn't mean Ethan can't. I mean, Ethan's with Benji. He's with everybody. Hey, they're Listen, all I hope he grows out a beard and looks like Solid Snake. <laughs> I told you those Metal Gear ties are <laughs> See, strong. right? It could happen. I mean, sure. But Old Snake, Tom Cruise, why not? I, I know you mean, want the whole... I, I know you want him to grieve for Elsa, but I don't know if we'll get... like. I mean, I, I'm sure it's, sure it's going to come up in the next film at least <laughs> once. But, you know, I think Grace is the one that brings it up. 
Honestly, I think he's going well, to be like, oh, lost another girlfriend. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Rogers is like, I'm not on a serious note at all tonight, but I think it has to. I think it, I think something has to happen to galvanize Ethan to fight Gabriel to make that last hand to hand, whatever that hand, last hand hand fight is going to be. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I have no doubt they, it's going to be fight, awesome. They fight on another bridge with swords. They both die, Finn. No. Ethan can't go out like that. Men like Ethan Why don't not? go out like that because it just doesn't happen like that. I mean, I don't know. Bond went out blowing himself up. Well, Bond was blown up by a fucking. He didn't blow himself weapon. up. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He got nuked from orbit. He didn't, for real. Out of the, he didn't get out of the way. <laughs> I mean, they had to shoot tons of missiles to kill him. So he, you know, I'm trying to think of what countries they haven't gone to yet. I think we could definitely end up in Japan. Oh hell yeah! And definitely Australia. No one wants to mm. shoot in Australia because of spiders. I get it. Those flying spiders, spiders the size of a house. <laughs> Uh, this has gone off the rails. Let's just okay. Let's move to score. Let's wrap it up. Here. So, Chris, would you like to go first or last? Because those are your only options. I think I'll go last. I don't want you okay. guys' scores to 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 play with mine. Okay. So, I went to this film without any goddamn clue what I was going to get besides maybe a cool action uh, action flick. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised to have that need met and more. Uh, I really do. Some of these scenes really stand out. I've never been so into a car chase scene especially the crash that got me like I thought that was really cool. I think the airport scene is super well done. I I don't know why I have such a hard on for that airport scene, but it was awesome. I loved the whole way that whole thing broke down. Um and then, you know, they have a huge set piece action-wise that didn't feel forced and a cool stunt that I actually appreciated. Uh, it, it's different for me. Um I think this movie for me is I don't want to go too soft on it though either. This is like an eight and a half film. <laughs> I think this is good. I think this was a lot of fun. I think I had a good time with the movie. wasn't perfect. No, it's not perfect. Long, but overall, man, this is a good movie. Like start to finish. The only reason why I know my wife wouldn't like this because it, 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 it's too long. She it doesn't is like long. long films. It is but long. like man, this movie was good. Every set piece felt felt important, and I liked it. So you can happily show her this when it comes out on digital. Yeah, and that way she can pause anytime she wants. Yeah, exactly. See, yeah, yeah. Perfect. And, and I, I, this movie has me excited to go back and check some of the other ones out. So. At least the last. If you watch like. Five and six yeah. for sure. I think you'd be very pleased with them. Yeah, it's because you like this one. Okay, um, Grayson, you want to go or you want me to go? I'll go. Um, this is an eight point five for me, and it's an easy eight point five. I thought Fallout was every bit of an eight. Uh, I think this is just. I think this is a tad better, a smidge better because it does. It's Christopher McQuarrie telling the story after Fallout, but he's he's again starting another. Do we do we know this is part one of two or one of three? It's probably one two. one of two is yeah. what I've heard. Okay, okay, okay. I'd be surprised yeah. if they pulled this into a trilogy. Um, yeah. Well, McQuarrie masterfully has made uh, a spy thriller that is somehow both modern and incredibly well paced, which isn't the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Every all most all the scenes that were meant to pull people in are just so well done in this in 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 this one in this installment of Ethan's IMF adventure. But I'm happy that we're starting to lose important people because it really it it increases the the stakes. And I I think we have a banger of a next film. But this for every 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 bit of an eight point five for me. There's so much good here and so little bad, and 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 that's important because I mean like most movies just don't fit that quote anymore. Yeah, I, I think having so little bad is a very like good quote from from that scoring because I think that's very important for why this movie feels so good. Yeah, I mean that's 
pretty accurate. Um, so I'm actually the low man on total pole. I was going to go with an eight for this guy okay. uh, because I believe I gave Fallout an eight, and I don't think that this is a significant increase above Fallout to me. Now, that's not a slight on this movie. This movie is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it is a very good spy action movie. And I've liked most of the other Mission Impossible movies, and this continues right down that line. Uh, I will be very happy to watch the conclusion of at least this movie. And I feel like that'll probably be the end of Mission Impossible as we know it. As we know it. Yeah. And that, you know what? That's fine. Um, I think this movie's pretty good. Uh, I'll be happy to watch this guy on digital. It is a little bit long. Now, listen, I'm not saying that I would have dramatically cut anything out of this movie. There's just a lot. It's yeah. just, uh, it's just a long movie. Um, but yeah, um, listen, if, if I ever have to explain why I'm giving a movie an eight, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good day. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. uh, eight's where I stand with it. So, I mean, listen, good scores from everybody. I'm, I'm really glad that you liked this movie yeah. because when you told me you had never really watched any one of these movies, I was like, how in the hell is that even possible? <laughs> I've seen all the lethal weapons, but I haven't seen a mission impossible film. Yeah, man, there's such a drop off in those movies. Too. <laughs> oh yeah. Good yeah God. So and we're, we're yeah. about to get another one of those, too, with Annie Glover and Mel, G- and Mel Gibson. That's definitely too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it could I be hope great. Mel has a mustache. I hope oh, he, he does, will. too. He, he looks so won. powerful with that stash. All right, gentlemen, this has been episode 340A of For the Love a? of Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at fr- Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave us a comment or two. Rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. And more importantly, and as always, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. Chris Bond, I am. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Always posting things on social media. Check us out on Facebook also. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Barbenheimer together. Oh, Barbie so, so, and Oppenheimer. So much time in the movie theaters next week. <laughs> Got to get a jump on that. It's show. like a four-hour movie in Oppenheimer.